going on down there? T, T. Now I'm recording too. I'm recording after both of them. That's a that's a disaster. I'm gonna just quickly turn on this special funny button. Uh, it's my special funny button that helps me keep track of things here. Is it a button that makes things funny, or is it a button that is inherently funny? I've hit the I've hit the special funny button, Aaron. I've hit the special funny button. I did. TJ, I hit the special funny button. I'm still not sure what a special funny button is. It's a button. It's special. It's funny. It's it's uh, it, it's the podcast backup recording button, but I think it's more fun to call it the special funny button. Because uh, otherwise, boy, what a boring thing to be known as. Hi, I'm the podcast recording backup button. When my job is going well, I'm unnecessary. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> my existence. Uh... Yeah, that's all. That's all good. No, oh no! Now my audio recording thing is like there's a new release available. Cool. Too late. I'm recording. I've been recording for a minute. Uh, in fact, it's it's been it's been such a minute that we're right into it. Hi, welcome to WTF at TFW, the post Boxing Day recording day edition for December twenty seven, twenty twenty two. Hi, Aaron. Uh, happy Bomb Cyclone. Hey, thanks. We're al- we're almost through it, man. I've got. <laughs> We're we're almost back up to freezing after being almost a negative freeze. Well, ne- Al- you, yeah, it's almost almost negative back freezing. up yeah. to freezing is yeah. the best. That's such yeah. a, that's such a good. Phrase. R- Romo's been so fond of it; he's constantly urinating his backup belly band. Yeah, Romo's so. Romo Romo when, is in dog brain of like, hey, I don't know what you all did to delete the outside world, but I I'm just in here now. I don't want to be out yeah. there. That's not where yeah. I was before. <laughs> You clean up uh, when I poop in a house, so that means it's fine. <laughs> this will all work itself. It always does. Uh, TJ, ha- ha- happy me realizing that we are just constantly measuring recording times and pauses by natural disasters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, the one that largely uh, does not affect my area, where it got down to a, 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 a nippy 40 at one point. Yeah, it, yeah, I... <laughs> I, I spent a whole day thinking like, oh, wait, so because I read that I've tried to read up. OK, what's going on with the bomb? Once I was told it's called the bomb cyclone, I was like, well, I got to go and see what that means, because that can't just be a funny thing. Someone thought, because why not? Uh, and then the first definition I read was that, you know, it was um, the Pacific and Atlantic winds from Canada pushing winds harder. And so for a hot second, I was like, oh, does that mean that it's actually not going to hit me? And then. You know that was corrected by all the weather warnings I started to receive. <laughs> well, I was like, "Hey, maybe we just pushed Canada? it so hard that it went away." But of course, you know, it was like, oh, "Okay, blackout warnings," and uh, oh, also, you know, you're... turns out my mom, my mom uh, flew over to visit, and within 24 hours, uh, the West Coast was drenched in snow that prevented any other flights from leaving, and then the day that she was coming over to stay where I am uh, was the day before. Uh, all the weather warnings were like, you will not be able to go outside tomorrow. And that made that day a little bit exciting because I went, I went to pick her up and I was like, Hey, so usually we don't like to plan things, but also we need to hit three different nave points to have enough food to last for potentially four days, just in case we can't (laughs) safely go outside. Uh, 
but we're we're recording this podcast, which means which means everything turned out fine. Um, we're uh, we're we're here today to to do two things. We're gonna do uh, a warm up listener question, and we're gonna talk about toys. And then the bonus third thing, because it's a bonus, because I said two things, this is another listener question. So ho 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 ho! I'm Santa Claus. And this is uh, WTF at TF, uh, W-O, ho, ho, ho. So we're going to go into a listener question here from uh, Soybean56 to kind of warm up the jaws and the brains. Uh, it's it's a simple pseudo two-parter. And the part one is, do you have a favorite uh, and least favorite addition to Transformers lore uh, or mythos over the years? Uh, there's something after that, but that's, that's kind of the basics. And uh, I, I would say um, that my answer is actually identical. I think it's so cool that in the 2000s we actually just we they went for it and we're like let's put Unicron into something, and then within five years kept putting Unicron into everything so much that I was like, boy, I can't wait to have Transformers without Unicron in it, and it feels super sad to say because I think Unicron's really cool, but that uh, between Armada and then uh, Universe 2003 and then the the rest of the Unicron trilogy. Uh, Actually, kind of heading straight into Prime for half a second, I was kind of like, oh boy, <laughs> I feel really upset that Unicron has become a trope yeah. versus a really special thing, but it happened. Uh... Yeah, well then, because that was also part of like the games, wasn't yeah. it? Like the Dark Energon, like Unicron's blood. Yeah, he... Or whatever that just like it just Unicron Unicron and you I want Unicron right here's about more Unicron that amazing moment when he showed up out of nowhere halfway through Armada and it was like that's Unicron that they referenced it's literally him and it was so cool and it, it took less than half a decade for the the feeling around it to shift so much and uh, it's like a lesson learned you know as far as not just Transformers it's a lesson in like what you can do when you have a really cool button but you keep pushing it. Uh, but that, that's easily my, my go-to answer, which at this point is worn off a bit. Cause I think it's been on, you know, we, we got away from Unicron long enough. We had a good Unicron at, in, at the end of IW1. It was a very different take, but it, it freshened the, the things up a little bit. We almost had a probably crummy Unicron in the live action Transformers movies, but they backed off on it, thankfully. So, uh, I think we're in a better Unicron position nowadays than, than back then, but, uh, I'll, I'll pass the pass the the answer horn of grievance and joy uh, on to you, Aaron. What's a, a favorite and least favorite uh, thing for you? Um, favorite is kind of along those same lines. Where uh, the thing that I kind of um, did, uh, it was. I guess it's more towards the the second question that he had. But I, I I like it when there's real reasons that Earth is why the like there's something to do with Earth as mm. to why the Transformers are here, not just the happenstance yeah. of it. Um, every, every time it's some kind of MacGuffin, um, I just it's a thing where I kind of wish uh, for for the only remained in their home series type thing. I wish one of those would really lock in. Because there was like an early pre was that comic? I think that was one of the, like the three H comics that they were aiming towards, where like Earth was a third planet transformer as Gaia, yeah, or something like that. Where then that idea was like why there was that three re- three way relationship between Earth 
as something, you know, Cybertron is Primus and Unicron is yeah. Unicron. Um, and, and, you know, just to have it be a, a reason as to why they're coming here and make it, make it feel less just, I don't know. Cause you, you're humans. And it, you buy it was toys, like an acknowledgement in a cute, it was like almost um, a fourth wall nod, but in a very cute way of like, you know, it happens so much and it is good for us as far as like writing the story. Like, why don't we just make there be like, I don't know, reasons. Otherwise it is just a funny trivia thing that they constantly show yeah. up here. Yeah. Um. And then uh, a least favorite addition. um, I don't know. Like the last couple of (laughs) Bay movies. (laughs) The part where those movies kept happening. (laughs) Is that a little too broad? The part where, like, that one movie was, like, three different movies that kind of all got smushed together and then parts put out of place of each other and then hey, you want the I, I can come up with a screen. summarized but also very sad like uh capsule for that the uh the writers room for the live action movies something that should have been great and that had great ideas and then the very first yeah. time they accessed it they just just ripped its jaw off to go like you can talk more if i take your lips away <laughs> we're going to do everything no everything that you, that you thought of in the last two years. Uh, that should have been that should have been a great addition. Yeah. Um, instead, we've it seems moved on to just something completely different, which is probably for the better. But yeah, that, I would I would have your back on that. Um, well, teacher, how about you? What's a favorite and least favorite addition to uh, the lore mythos for you? So, <clears throat> I think my favorite thing they've done, especially in the last you know, 10 off years now, is I love depictions of, I like the start of the war where we now have, like, reasons for Megatron being mm. the big villain. You know, whether he's he's the gladiator that rose up, or he's, you know, like, uh, leading a revolution against corrupt Autobots or something. I love how we've kind of taken the character and given him a lot more than just he's the 80s cartoon, you know, villain archetype. And he's just a bad guy because Optimus needs somebody to punch. Yeah. Yeah. I think they've done a ton with Megatron, like, character-wise. In a way, that I don't even think they've done with Optimus Prime as well. I agree. Yeah. Just to kind of develop him out and give him some depth. Yeah, because I think inherently for something mm-hmm. like this... uh there's less of an onus to make the heroes have that much going on. Whereas like a, uh, it's more, it's also, I think just more tempting. It's more, it's more creatively fruitful to think about why the villain does what they do. Uh, and, and a, a foil hero is, is sort of the most stable thing you could have for, for like storytelling that ostensibly needs to have some element of child, child accessibility as well. Uh, so yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'll, before it comes off wrong, I think children can can I understand the idea of a layered main hero as well. But yeah, it's more enticing to go in on Megatron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as far as least favorite additions, uh, I'm, I'm like I'm trying to think of something like a little bit more, like I'm trying to try the same something like that just gets plugged into the mythos like protoforms and the spark did that just keeps coming back up now rather than just like story concepts but just like here's a thing in transformers Mm. and 
in my head it's the spark of com- the the enigma. Uh, yeah, of combination. I love it, and I don't disagree. Because <laughs> yeah. it's it barely ever gets used well. I love the idea, and then it's always like fumbled like a football. <laughs> Here's this thing that just makes us combine. Okay, all you guys. Okay, you're all techno things. Okay, you're the techno boss now. You're I zapped you. You're all combiner now. <laughs> I, I. It feels like it feels like less interesting yeah. all spark or less interesting vector sigma. It, it's <laughs> like yeah. Like, because, like, the Matrix and the AllSpark do all these crazy, you know, like, super sci-fi, you know, borderline magical things. You know, they create Transformer life, go back into the past, etc. And the, this this is just, like, a ball with four blades hanging off of it that sticks Transformers together. And it always, even in its best implementations, it's, like, I think it's hard to not see that it is always there to sell something physical because it's, you know, we're going to sell a combiner team. So here's the fiction for why they combine. Uh, yeah, it feels yeah, it, right, right. It's a very quick yeah, way of it doing it too. Because like there, are, I love, I liked it in oddly enough, actually Cyberverse because it led to the kind of cute version of Volcanicus that that felt like you know storytelling of 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 a team trying to figure out how to combine, or even in Rid 2015 to a degree, uh, regardless of how much it was also the year's gimmick for toys. Uh, and then, you know, in IDW, the, the Bruticus stuff was excellent. And those, those are the times it's turned out well. Otherwise it really tends to be like, you know, we shoot you with laser, you combine. And then I go, all right, now let's, I'm, I'm so excited to learn about what they're going through. And then I don't, <laughs> that's kind of the story. Hmm. Yeah. It's just like, okay. Uh, is this super convenient setup? I've got the Enigma. There's a group of five Transformers that are all colored alike, and one of them's bigger than the rest. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a shame also because it's a it's the magic origin for combination, and it now tends to replace any other origin for combination. Uh, it's that that's the reason why anyone combines. Yeah. And it, it gets very thirteen primesy, which is that's always that was sort of on my lips as maybe a least favorite edition, but I think it has backed off well enough by this point. Despite still being there, it's not so omnipresent. Uh, but uh, I don't mind the idea of the thirteen primes. I've just never seen. Yeah, it they done never, well. it, 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 thirteen primes is definitely something that like has to be. I, I feel like would have to be written properly in the initial like. Here's the world bible for this series. Here are these thirteen primes. Here's what they look like. Here's what they're like. Their um, uh, crap. I'm, what each god controls, what their pantheons, what their pantheon, what their, their domains is, and have that sort of thing baked into the world a whole lot better than just Prime gets really high one time, ends up in a vision quest, and now there's this like info dump of things. You know, if you if you have. You know, I forget what each prime's domain was, but what was like the animal prime? You know, you have yeah, ha- have a beast former. Oh, by uh, I I feel bad that I don't even remember what all of them are. I remember that. Well, my problem is, is that I, I remember it, is the creator. I remember it as a spoiler. I remember it as a spoiler. Yeah. So I was say, oh, by by spoilers for old comics now. Oh, by yeah. what in the name of of quadruped cosplay centaur shockwave. Is going right. on, <laughs> right? You 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 bake things like that into it so that then their existence 
seems feels more like organic to the story and to the world that you're in versus just uh oh here's here's the one guy that you you know here's McAdam because that's the model that we had already and it's a whole idea yeah we kind of hidden hid things in there maybe but like oh this one looks kind of maybe like a seeker but the wings are slightly different because we can copy paste that a lot easier and here's this like you know it's something that needs to be baked into the world a whole lot better and make it feel like it has import even if it's you know don't do a armada now i have to go and get the 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 mini con for each one of these things or the you know cybertron i have to get each of their keys type of things you that's don't the have power to of the prime show we we didn't get yeah thankfully the, yeah <laughs> Uh, well, I, I was... but, but have it be something that's important that you know is is important you know you see you see statues of things and even if they're defaced or they're whatever and it's old knowledge it can be like oh yeah this is the the temple to solace and here's an anvil on there because she was the maker or whatever well, also leave them in the background is is the thing that doesn't happen enough anymore. Because my big mm-hmm. thing is if when you're going to make them actually be magic transformers, you got it. And and I'm sure this is the intent, but you, you really got to know what on earth you're getting into on day one if that's actually going to be something. Because the moment you do that, it has it has irrevocably altered the flavor of the entire continuity. If they are actually mm-hmm. the magic transformers and not something. Uh, either in the background or a very clever and interesting story about the nature of, uh, you know, sufficiently advanced technology and shared uh, cultural memory loss. If if you then go like, no, but actually also there's a magic transformer and maybe Optimus Prime's a magic transformer, then it's like, okay, this is now suddenly making everyone else in the entire cast of this continuity less important to some degree. <laughs> Yeah, that or uh, you make all of the MacGuffins the MacGuffin of one of those characters, or or you can then have it be like. Oh, well, they did that you know, in Prime, kind of. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they got like what a third of the way there, and then just kind of went. Yeah, uh, yeah, they they tend to drop in just know, the ones for story convenience you, you and kind of forget some, about the rest. Some device that lets you know the minicons power link onto you the thing of the the minicon prime you make some you know animal skin thing the thing of the beast prime you make it's a pair of underpants (laughs) yeah it's leopard print though so you know but you know something like that that either powers up somebody of that family or let somebody not in that family do something with it like there's things that you can do along those lines for everything that tj you were just saying about the enigma combination this is another thing that bugs me they never name drop uh amalgus or amalgamous prime uh, i forgot which one it is um whenever the enigma comes up they just say it's the it's the mystical enigma of combination and it's like dog that belongs to one of the primes and you never name drop them so either either the thing about pooping or not on the toilet or stop sitting there. You're gonna get a hemorrhoid. You got You can't. You can't just have Enigma without saying who made it. That's uh, that's uh, four exposure stuff. You can't do that. Um. So uh, yeah. Th- and th- so all this said, this comes to part deux, part deux of the question, which is any lore or mythos additions you wish would have been incorporated into a future series, which only remained in their home series. For example, uh, I really like the emphasis on achieving balance in Beast Machines, and I wish it made other appearances. Thanks and click. I have an instant one for this too, but I'll save that for the end. 
TJ, I'm going to pop over to you first. What, what's something that you wish actually happened again that only really happened once in a major way? Uh, something I'd kind of like to see return. I mean, not even as like a major thing, but just like an addition I really liked and I think plays a lot into character story. Um, Conjuncts and Duras. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Especially, I mean, they, I'll say they, obviously there are, there's romance in Transformers, but Conjuncts and Dura creating like a cultural, um, identity around it was really cool. Yeah. 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 And like it, 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 you, you set these hierarchies. He has, you have, okay, there's, there's friends. There's these romances we've had in the past, but you've got, uh, Conjuncts Amica and then Conjuncts and Dura. And now we have this hierarchy of like relationship levels where you can play with that a lot more in the story. You know, you can come, you can connect characters a lot more specifically than you can now. And I mean, it's, it's marriage is what it is, but you know, it's as a transformer understands it. And it's something that the audience would understand. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they, you know, they follow that connection through to see why these characters are, disassociated or are doing this much for each other mm-hmm. it's, a, it's just an interest it's just i thought it was just like a really simple thing to add to the mythos that uh would typically like wouldn't typically come up but i like how much character play you can do with it. it it's also doing it's in the same vein but way less kind of um schlocky and kind of kind of hokey uh than having transformers use different words than seconds and minutes because it lets you have the like we're an alien civilization thing but without something as like simple and binary as like we say cycles instead of minutes we say mega cycles instead of hours it's like okay cool you're in a cartoon i get it but then like you know conjuncts uh relationships are like oh you're a this is like a little bit of science fiction you're a science fiction society from another planet who have like a certain cultural core set of values around around uh deep connection and like and being transformers where combiners can exist especially if you avoid the enigma of combination being the only way it ever happens uh it makes for a more interesting potential world building to me so yeah i totally am down with that as someone who's also really down with transformers just saying years minutes seconds when talking about things yeah uh but, that's uh, the thing. That's the thing that irks me in science fiction is when they only use science fictiony terms, and it's like you're an you're a yeah two headed alien from another planet. Why are you speaking English? Okay, okay. You got some magical translator things that lets you do that. I'm sure it can roughly estimate your 87 blorps into how many miles away it actually is and just we can just yeah. smooth that out and get on with it yeah and how, like how, that that does like because how, how many times have you seen someone on approach to earth or in a spatial when will we arrive in like 24 hours like that's oddly specific and also why are you using hours when you're not on a planet that you that requires them right yeah, it's just it's levels of science fictioniness that I'm so some I don't I don't hate it. It's just it, it rolls right off me when it's like, hey, we have a funny word we substitute versus like we have an aspect of our culture that is parallel yet different. And I'm like, that's that's more interesting to me. Um, Aaron, uh, what's something lore mythos wise you wish would have happened like more than the one major time it did uh, in Transformers? 
Um, kind of like I, I, I said, any one of the options of why Earth is important um, would mm-hmm. be a, a nice thing to just be a part of the like base level mythos. Um, but beyond that, I, I kind of feel like I've talked around a bunch of other things that I find interesting that I don't know if there's necessarily one that really jumps to mind. Uh, given given the various reasons Earth has been a focus, I do feel like they've all only really happened one major time, which is not not right. a bad thing. But it would be cool if some concept was maybe evergreen codified, at least yeah. like as a the as all a default. spark ends up on Earth for different reasons, just the random ejection into space, or somebody brings it here, or whatever else. Just you know, have it. Mm. Be. Um, so I'm trying to remember what was wasn't earth just close to cybertron in the original like marvel comics oh man i can't remember that one uh that sound that sounds reasonable but i i don't actually remember the marvel comics reason yeah because there's always the thing of like earth like in I, earth has an one of the ores on it so it's therefore important or earth has unicron in it and so it magnetizes relics towards itself you know? i mean in the in the in the marvel comics all i can remember is the dinobots and shockwave landing burst I can't remember if that had something to do with the two two ships landing there or not. Yeah. There's I, a... I could there there's something in my brain and somebody will surely tell me that I'm wrong, but it was just that like part of the thing with Cybertron is it was like from around Alpha Centauri or something was the original mm. like somewhere in there it was like it was a very close star and that's why there was the early relation that then like most things marvel comics as soon as the next comic you know book was ready to write you know the the next uh issue was ready to write they completely forgot about everything they said before because now they've got to sell the next wave of car toys that are now showing up in your local coles or whatever i I also hills that's that's an old department store hills oh boy sears uh I, I do think also, just in case it's coming off differently, I think it's fine if Earth is just a random place to land, but like now that we've gotten so deep on the relics always existing in, in various fictions, that's where it starts to get kind of funny, and it's like that and that to me justifies, like, let's figure out you know, a, a set of different reasons why maybe Earth is a place things land, and they can they can be as soft-codified as the relics existing in some degree. Uh... But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a cool question. My, my, I should say my own answer. This is a very specific one, and I think I'm still right about this because we we have had morally gray Autobots here and there um, up until uh, up until even recently. There's the a, a big question in Earthspark about some Autobot stuff, but animated full on said the Autobots won the war, but maybe they committed war crimes of some kind to do so. Uh, mm-hmm. Or at least horrifically amoral s- solutions to the ongoing conflict, uh, and I want that to not only be confined to animated because it's one of the most natural and logical storytelling decisions Transformers has ever made. Is if we end up in a post-war scenario, there's a good chance that the Greater Autobot organization uh, probably did something horrifying if it made you know, a supervillain Decepticon organization yeah. stop. Uh, <laughs> and and that's a, you know, again, a, a thing that I think is, is always, that's just good base storytelling. Like, yeah. the 
the good guys that are just shining white pillars with nothing wrong with them or bad guys that are dark evil mustache twirlers because they like twirling their mustache that's not a good story you know like you said before the the megatron that was a, a gladiator in the mines and that was the only way that he could get out of the out of the mines or out of the uh you know the your alt mode forces you into doing whatever your job is that's a much better story than just i'm evil uh <laughs> yeah oh damn i wish the functionist happened somewhere else too that's another one you just reminded me yeah they only really happen the one time to such a horrible degree uh, it's horrible story 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 wise you know, fictionally uh, that's another thing that really ought to come back because it's such a good and such a Transformers specific concept. But right, that's the thing that it, I I feel like it really have to be written very well and very carefully. Oh yeah, because because that could easily drop into bad themes and places that aren't necessarily what you want. Like you can have things that make you think, but then that can also just be real like bad, bad. The the other thing I wanted to add is also I, I think that one of the problems with morally gray Autobot storytelling that tends to happen in recent memory is that usually, and again, this is not like a bad thing, it's just I wish that it wasn't maybe a pattern so much, is that it's like, well, there weren't morally gray Autobots, there was a morally gray Autobot leader, and usually he's called Sentinel Prime or Zeta Prime. Uh, and like, that's fine, but like, it, what made Animated's version, I think, so much more compelling is it wasn't just a leader it was it was a top to it was a top to bottom multiple voiced decision space it involved a perceptor who like deleted his empathy and parts of his personality to have more knowledge which is another really cool concept that like tends to get written off as like they didn't want to pay for a voice actor and i'm like no dog i think it also was really cool <laughs> as an idea and scary uh so there's a yeah that the the animated version of Autobot Gray morality is something I wish would come back for just yeah the the raw meat available in that kind of storytelling space. Uh, anyway, thank you for your questions, Soybean Fifty Six. That felt nice and like a good. Ah, I'm all I'm limber now for us to talk a little bit of Transformers Acquisitions Inquisitions with with a special focus because we all have our Haslab Victory Sabers. Uh, and and it really is worth acknowledging that a lot of people in certain parts of the world do not. Uh, as of this recording, I don't believe there is yet, and there may never be, an answer as to what a lot of the EU-based uh, fans are going through with Zavi just canceling some Victory Saber orders with a form letter saying they didn't get enough from Hasbro, which ain't enough of an answer on specifically this product. Because uh, it was made to order. So in Zavi's case, there are precisely three answers. A, we didn't order enough at the time. B, we lost some. C, we quote-unquote lost some. Those are the three answers. And tra Transformers, the brand's own huge contributor, Nick Roche, among people who didn't get Victor Saber has been just laying into them, and I love it on Twitter, because it's like, you know what? Nick Roche gets to do that. Demonstrably, Nick Roche is in the same wavelength as me. It's not really a great look to go, like, don't you know who I am? 
But in this case, also, for crying out loud, (laughs) one of many important creatives who have contributed to Transformers as not a franchise or an IP, but an actual thing that makes people like it, something that generates fandom, something more more ephemeral or whatever. Anyway, it's super screwed up, uh, and it's like not even the first side of this, because also there was that entire shipment of Victory Sabers that sank into the ocean, and uh, folks were recompensed with a, like a refund and a, a PulseCon box, um, which ain't kind of kind of ain't good enough, actually, in my opinion. But um, yeah, that that stuff. Before the recording, we were talking about it, and I, I said I kind of wanted to to touch on it here because um, Aaron, was you you were mentioning like like maybe they could figure out how to how to spool up the molds to do another run, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, because. What was it? The um, Sentinel Mac? What was the one um, OTFCC exclusive that oh, Hasbro ended up doing themselves? Sentinel Magnus. Um, like Hasbro's done making goods like that before. Maybe for the fan club. Then and whatever the heck happened, then um, it's different <laughs> enough that it's not. It's it's not this, but I could also very well see it. Like it's not been years since the last time these things were made it's been months maybe um and so yes there'd be you know setting up molds to be made takes time and that costs money and Mm -hmm. you know having to retrain train people or retrain people on how to how to make the things is going to cost um, but I think that that could be a very good show of good faith. Um, and, you know, so long as Hasbro does go to, to Zavi and say, hey, like, you know, whatever whatever goes what on in, in the back rooms, <laughs> like, you know, what's going yeah. on here? Like, you took money from all these people. Like, did they pay and they got lost? You know, that. Uh, uh, did a container fall off a, a different boat somewhere? Did you know something like this happen? Like, let's investigate what happened and solve it together. Um, That's the one thing then, that I, I and think then is... hey, if they make another ten percent for other markets or something, or you make the what was that SCF that did a like a dark repaint or something? Wasn't there like a yeah yeah it was uh it was mega mega SCF. Or, and Robot Masters. Robot Masters as well. Yeah. Uh, the the thing is that the ones that sank into the ocean were replaced with a refund and a Hero is Born PulseCon set. So the one thing is they have already established a precedent of not doing another run, which I think is what has made this really spooky for the folks who didn't get this. Because it's like, if you do another run for us, you've activated another entire uh, continental fan group who are going to say, well, well, hold on a second. Because <laughs> uh, the other the other thing here is that it's there is a there is a schedule and there is a line of molds waiting to get released because they only have so much factory space. So you're talking like potentially a long time before they could put that's victory Leo and Star Saber back at the end of the line and get them through the machines again. Yeah. Although it could be something where maybe the two of these things combined is then enough to be like, hey, this is, you know, whatever full production block of time. 
Well, to, I would like to, that to make it be more worth it. But I would like that because that, into that gets into a lot of like accountants and and production managers having to sit down with Excel spreadsheets and and uh, you know flow time flow chart graphs to say you know hey this is the break even point of making another run of this. Um, I would love still, it if that was surfaced, if like, that was surfaced transparently, because yeah. I mean that yeah. that should have been surfaced to the backers just for the fact that this was a quote unquote crowdfund. Uh, but mm. also, I think that with Victory Saber specifically, the precedent needs to be set that perhaps they don't wish to, but they have left it open. And I, I want this precedent to be set that HasLab does not mean HasLab exclusive. Because Unicron, I would say, is unreasonable to expect another production run anytime soon because it is an enormous amount of parts that only work as an enormous amount of parts shipping in a colossal container that is based on Mm pre-2020 shipping logistics. However, Victory Saber, at the end of the day, is just two large Transformers who can fit into a retail Transformers box of some Mm -hmm. size. Uh, it is a lot more reasonable for that one to be the thing that breaks the mold, quote-unquote, and becomes the HasLab 2, at least Generation Select pipeline. And I think that even if that timeline is really far away, I hope that that could happen, even if it's on the back of these lost Victory Sabers, just so that that precedent exists. Because I think that's that's the next step for HasLab to... Um, and I'm going to not tangent on this, but it's the next step for HasLab to even more so justify what it is uh in mm-hmm. the long term um yeah I, c- I could i could see like in two years or something you know they'll have another production run and you know even, even if they do another like hey this is how you pre-order it and we're again doing just a build to order and you know keep it keep it similar so they're not you know trying to build to a big question mark at the end you know oh Oh, yeah are we going to put this are we going to put try to put this in every target and walmart in the u.s and these are the numbers that we need is anybody going to buy this thing at that and probably not versus well that and that pipeline exists now because that if i understand correctly Mm -hmm. is how they have done the quote-unquote reissues of commander and titan toys from the war for cybertron trilogy is the sort of soft pre-order windows that are also in part make-to-order windows for, you know, Omega Supreme and Jetfire and whatnot. Um, So I feel like that precedent has been being built. That's also why I'm kind of a big, kind of bang my fist on the table proponent for this, is I feel like this is being built towards in some degree. Uh, And I, and I, I want it, I want people to think about this, like people who are potentially going to want to buy it, thinking about this and saying loudly publicly that they would be down with that because that is how a lot of these kind of Hasbro decisions are supported internally is by citing people saying we would love to see this. We can see precedent being created. Um, it doesn't, it's not like the 100% be all end all. It is a huge help though, is my understanding. Um, and I wanted to also say all that up front because like there is definitely a sense of FOMO around Victory Saber, I think more so than for Unicron, purveying in, in some corners of, of you know, Transformers fan chatter. Uh, mm-hmm. And I want that, I want the, the possibility of another one, ha- you know, another run happening to be something that we can positively push for. Because uh, also, also, do y'all notice how, like, he basically was packaged in, like, two liter box size, like, bubble things? The, the, the accessory mm-hmm. didn't match up, but, like... 
the packaging even felt like this is like eighty percent of the way to just being like in a, in a more reasonable pair of boxes. Uh, you know, with leaving some of the the fancier accessory bits aside, which I don't think anyone would be upset if like the stand was left out on a rerun. But what what if we don't get the blast effects? Oh no, no, those are integral. Oh, deals yeah. off, deals <laughs> off. Yeah, calm. Hey, Aaron, settle down. <laughs> is it okay? Blast effects check in. Do you know where yours are? <laughs> yes, I know exactly. I know exactly where those blast effects are. They're still tied in to the plastic insert inside of the box. God, I at least took mine out. I keep it beside the stand. Okay, so mine are in a Ziploc bag with the instructions somewhere that is not where the rest of the figure is. But Aaron, you should probably get them out of there because they might melt their way through that tray in about five years with the plasticizer eh. potential leaking. Eh. <laughs> then I don't have to snip the, have to snip the ties. Then <laughs> let them handle it. <laughs> oh man, you just you look at them. You're like, hey, you want out? Get to work. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. I uh, I I genuinely forgot those were even part of the packaging until I opened the thing. It's <laughs> like, oh, they're green. Look at that. Um, but yeah, uh, victory saber. Uh. Is uh is is a storied figure. Um, the boy, there's so many check-ins we can do about this. So, uh, I'll just I'll just start onion skin style. So, another question I have: When you pulled yours out of the box, did either of yours come out with the sleeve still on, or did the sleeve kind of stay behind when you pulled it out? Uh, sleeve stayed behind as it came out of the cardboard box. Okay, yeah, mine too. Uh, <laughs> I think I managed to hang onto mine. Oh, I, I recorded it, so if it didn't, I'm I'm lying. Yeah, it, it seemed like it was an odd... Like, I thought maybe I was just me, like, oh, you know, it happens sometimes, and it happens to me, ha, of course. But then I kind of noticed it seemed to be one of many universal experiences for opening Victory Saber is like, oh, I thought there was a box sleeve. Oh, it's still in the box. It stayed behind. Uh, next check-in. Um... Did did anyone have the fun thing where you opened your your big fancy premium package toy and then like a bunch of stuff fell on the floor because none of it was actually fastened down or or uh... I was lucky and opened mine the <laughs> correct way up as I slid it out. <laughs> so a lot that of people all the stuff was on top. A lot of people because it's a fifty fifty. I think I was one of the ones who went bottom side out the first time. <laughs> no, there are probably no. some mad. Oh, there are probably some mad lads out there that opened it like sideways. Oh yeah! Oh, they went oh, absolutely chaos. <laughs> and, at le- and at least one that just ripped the cardboard off. I wish that they had filmed that. Who are they? Yeah, they had to exist. The one who just knifed the cardboard wide open. Uh, <laughs> just a Bowie knife thunk. You know, it's, it was a long wait for the figure, and you might have just been a little bit like excited, impatient. <laughs> just we get this, get this recyclable out of here. Uh, the third of four checks. Third check. Did either mine was in the tray, but I know this was common. Did either of you have to go on an adventure to find the sword blade, or was it waiting in the tray for you? Mine was waiting in the tray. Oh no, 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 no! I, I, I take that back. I take that back. <laughs> mine was my, it was still in between the tray and the cardboard, but mine was floating. Mine was hypothetically in the tray. Yeah, the mine was mine was in that spot in the tray, but I don't think it was like. I don't know if it was like secure in there, but it was there. Yeah, I uh, I had seen two P 
people say that they had to go on an adventure for theirs, so I was careful to look for mine right away. Mine was in the tray. It was oddly one of the few things not twist-tied into the tray, so I immediately saw, like, okay, yeah, I can see how this would happen. Um, and then uh, my the last one, this is the big one. How was everyone's, like, general QC? Because mine ended up fine, but I thought for mine, a minute... Mine was mine was perfectly fine, yeah. Okay. And uh, TJ, was yours all right? It was so bad, he's gone. <laughs> processing the grief no no mine was perfect like to the point where i felt really bad that so many people were getting qc problems yeah for a hot minute i thought i kind of alluded to and i i, I still hold to this there are some problems that i think are uh every everyone's problems are completely valid there are some problems that fall under the purview of a mass-produced toy and i think it's just that's part of the image problem haslab has is that haslab transformers specifically but I'm going to say all HasLab stuff that isn't a prop replica is a fancier, more expensive mainline toy from whatever mainline it's from. That includes some of the foibles, like there's going to be a fingerprint uh, on your on your vac metal because someone put it in there and they were treating it like any other toy. Uh, mm-hmm. And as part of the aesthetic, it is completely valid to not like that. But I, I thought maybe that was the extent of it. But as, you know, that fun week rolled on, I saw, boy howdy, just some unbelievable <laughs> examples of the vac metal chrome on victory saber specifically uh with just like one of them just like a just a big old drip dot of like the vac metal went on and then the thing that sprayed it on just went like Bleh! and just coughed up one more and it you did the the thing where when you put too much paint on something while it's all wet you get the little ring of of uh translucency um there there was there were some real crummy ones out there however this has also been a great a great time of education for vac metal repair because boy did a lot of people go like I'm taking matters into my own hands. Uh, a lot of their solutions came out great, but all right, so that's our baseline. So we didn't have anything missing. We had we generally had as a median the funnier version of the I, um, this package doesn't seem to be fully put together experience uh, and no no horrific things uh, going on with our our QC. Um, so you can just, just get get right into it with that base context. Uh, I, I think this is a really, really fun package of toy. Uh, I think it hits some major highs. I think it has some um, uh, one or two kind of shocking lows for me, uh, just given how well a lot of the other parts of it work out. Um, and, and also, uh, I don't know, but the, the, I think the stand didn't turn out well. Um, it's functional, but I, it has a thing about its balance that really yeah, makes me go, the, holy moly. The stand, <laughs> the stand is super balanced for it to be the combined super jet. Um, yes. But without without uh, Victory Leo on the backside of it, that point of balance is just barely underneath the stand. Um, I, I'm going to go... I'm going to also say... It's it's for the jet only because I've had the robot on that stand. It works, but try putting Victory Saber robot mode on the stand onto a remotely uneven uh, surface, and he will Mine's, tip back so hard. Mine seems to have been fine. It might just be whatever pose you have him in. I, I tried a whole bunch of if stuff. You got he, him in a further back pose. Maybe that pushes it tar- far enough the, back. Or did you put the thing in the different angle? I did. The the Pegan point um, is just very far back on the stand. So if he's even in a standing posture, 
his general weight is weighted towards the very back edge of the stand. Hmm. Uh, and, and I was kind of like, damn, I never thought about this until I realized, like, he has to be in leg forward poses uh, and on a rock solid surface. This, and so this won't be a problem really in general. But I find, like, for me, stands a big draw for them. Is this a way I can put the thing down on, like, the edge of a couch or something? Because it's a big flat surface. But his uh, his balance point on that stand actually makes that really difficult. Uh, it's easier to take him off the stand if I want to put him onto, like, a, a slightly wobbly surface uh, for, you know, the various reasons one does. Um, yeah. Also, I wonder if that'd be worth getting um, just as crappy as, as it is because that stand is translucent, just getting some, like, adhesive stick-on weights. Oh, for the for the stand. underside, I think would be fine. For the that, underside of it, yeah. Um, I don't know fa- if you'd want to get, like, if you've got some, like, white primer from all of your minis that you're doing in a rattle can, paint the underside of that clear stand white so that you still get the paint from the top of it. Well, and you could secret throw trick. a bunch of just, like, lead weights on the bottom of it. Secret, secret trick that I would actually like to see someone try out on this plastic color. Uh, silver underneath translucent colorful yeah. plastic looks sick. It yeah. looks really good. That's what all the Dinobots have been doing the last couple rounds. Yeah. Uh, and that's a minor thing about the stand, but I, when, when it comes to high-end figure stands, like, I get a little persnickety, because, I, I mean, my other thing is uh, I really wish there was accessory storage on the stand, just because I love the old Soul of Jagokin mm-hmm. vibe. Uh, and it, it makes it feel just more exciting. Um, but uh, the, the stand the stand was a bonus, but it's something I wanted to call it because it was probably the most surprising thing I ran into of, like, of like how is this stand, like, balanced weird when... Like, it doesn't have much to contend with, and yet... (laughs) Man, what I'll say is, in the designer's defense, this is maybe the second or third stand like this that Hasbro's done proper in the last decade? Indeed, indeed. Even Hasbro Uh, Takar... I mean, because what else has gotten stands? Unicron got a stand, it kind of needed that one... Beast Beast Wars Masterpiece? Yeah, it's that Uh, one stand that they did for Masterpiece stuff. Um, Yeah. Which was really good. That's also it's also kind of was on my mind because also Unicron stand is like a masterclass in balance um, management. Uh, right, but Unicron is either a vertical robot that's big, so you have a big stand, or a beach ball. So it's it's like this, so this you, part you sucks. get to do the engineering thing of you know. Uh, assume the cow is spherical and has no surface resistance <laughs> and well, design this this part sucks there are things about the way the unicron stand manages balance that you kind of have to see in person and you can't with unicron really because <laughs> you have to have one uh it's just hard to describe it's just little things it's kind of like the the opposite of the star saber stand where there's little things that until you see it in person might not be apparent right away with Unicron. The the way that it, it accounts for his robot mode and his planet mode balance and some other things is just really well done. So I, I was also just kind of like, I was like, oh, y'all have hit it though twice too. And then y'all did tensegrity and that's got to be magic science somehow. So you, <laughs> cause those things came out. Uh, but this, this little toy, this little toy, let's talk about Saber first. Cause he's, he's ostensibly could have been a toy that came out by himself. Uh, I I think he's actually my favorite part of the package. I I don't dislike the other parts, but Saber is so fun. 
especially when you give him the entire sword because he can double hand it with those uh, those copious arm joints. Uh, and he's such a fun size. The Brainmaster gimmick being reworked slightly, it, it com- completely works for me um, in that it also allots for, you know, turning head and turning waist. Uh, he's just really fun and he's little, but he's dense. And I, I like him a lot. Uh, and I, I even, in looking at him, I was like, when I looked at the those forearms, you know, the, the famous forearm slots, uh, when, I, when I looked at the sheer thinness of of the, the plastic around where the fist goes in. I was like, I see why there's no door. <laughs> Cause I, I feel like, I feel like there are high end toys that could pull it off. I feel like a Hasbro manufacturing line could not pull this off. So I'm, I'm actually more okay with this for maybe, you know, spurious reasons, but I really like Saber. Uh, he doesn't have to do the most complex thing in the world, but he still, I think does it pretty well. Uh, so I, I was I was really into him, and also also the brain of courage being so so small, uh, something and still having those two little gold paint apps. Something about that was really working for me. Um, TJ, I wanted I actually wanted to ask you first because you're you're uh, this is one of the final times we get to really focus on a star saber probably. Uh, how 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 are you feeling about the, just the the brain to saber aspect of this package? The brain to saber. Um, I don't mind the modification. I don't, I think the elevator trick in the original was neat, but it's impractical and needlessly complicated. I like that this accomplishes the same thing effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's more neat that the whole thing functions as like this one huge rotating tube in order to still make sure that, uh, Star Saber has head articulation. It makes, it makes the tactile feedback on the neck joint so wild too. Because you're like, like when you first turn it, you're like, oh, I'm turning something else. <laughs> this feels yeah. really weird. Yep. Yep. Um, but no, Saber himself is a neat little package. Like, he, he almost like, I don't know, it, it, it's almost, he almost has this like, I, like design-wise, almost get kind of like an Energon vibe off of him. And just like how simple and bricky mm. he is in some spots. Yep. Like, uh, and yeah, he's, I, I mean, admittedly, I probably have the least amount of time with him as part of the package. Cause that's me is like, I'm just so eager to get like all the different modes tried out. Like Saber is just kind of like a footnote in, in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he, I mean, as a neat little, as a simple little jet figure. Yeah. He does a good job. I like him. Hell yeah. Yeah. I was, I was just really surprised how much I liked him. Cause I was ready for him to be like. You know, okay. Here's the thing they had to do. He's gonna he's gonna be kind of janky, I'm sure, but whatever. And then he was just so fully featured for someone who is destined to live as a block in a chest for a lot of folks. Uh, it, it touched my heart. Uh, Aaron, how, how are you feeling about the that the most basic aspect of this package, uh, the saber? Yeah, I would. I was also rather surprised. Um, you know, just again the way that 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 cylinder is in there. How well he transforms. Um. You know, I did the first transformation with that poster board thing out just to be sure that I wasn't missing any, like, hidden little catches or latches or something that it invariably, you know, when I was, oh, just my luck, I go to, you know, move this thing the wrong way and it explodes and there goes the HasLab thing. But I was amazed at every part of it, you know, for the overall toy and especially for Saber, how very... This is going to sound odd to say it this way, but how very retail the transformation experience was. 
Like there was nothing in yeah, that, yeah, that, that was that's necessarily accurate. like like crazy. Oh, this is like crazy masterpiece stuff where it's very much you have to do these twelve steps in this order in order to turn yeah. his, his whole arm to condense it down using nested pieces into a little block the way that like Sunstreaker, you know, I remember how Sunstreaker's arm has to do a bunch of tricks in order to get it to compress down the shape that they needed. Mm -hmm. And while it's a very, you know, again, retail style transformation, like the only thing that it's kind of bleh on is the fact that he's got open forearms. Yeah. And and, and already I've seen like there are people out there that are making like arm replacements that have that trap door. And it's something that I think I'd want to see in hand because I don't know yep. what you're losing for that trapdoor piece, if the hand so, is smaller, or if it's even if it is like weird, it uses the same hand when it's. I, I looked into it. It's a it, it okay. basically you mushroom peg swivel off the forearm and you pop the ball socket wrist and then you just put this new one in. the The reason why because that kit is not the DNA Designs one. That kit I believe is is on the smaller, more bespoke end of upgrade kits. And I think that's how it remotely will even work, is that it's a smaller scale production thing where mm -hmm. they can just sort of make sure the pin goes through the incredibly small amount of space it has to go through. Uh, yeah, maybe. In that maybe. Form. It's, it's, it's not nearly as mass produced, so you'll pay $40 for, this, for these two arms and a different... I think the ones that I saw, it was like... You got two arms and two replacement cannons that were like glued half pieces rather than oh. single pieces for mold draft on the back side. I, uh, so I, I was paying too much attention to these because so far there's only two, but this one was new arms and then gap fillers for the cannon. So just little plastic pieces. Oh, um, okay. So this one's actually probably going to be the most affordable one. DNA Designs is the one where they just give you new cannons, what are bigger, new sword blade, what is bigger, and new wings that have an extra fold-out thing to be bigger. And then... Uh, isn't, isn't that just DNA Designs, what is bigger? Yeah, so it's... It, I have summarized it as three options and a worse face sculpt for Star Saber, because that's what it looks like <laughs> to me. <laughs> I, I like I know some folks were kind of into the bigger cannons and wings because because it's bigger and the bigger blade absolutely the sword, the sword blade is kind of small if you're if you're gonna call out something as being a little flaccid but like the way that they highlighted their new star saber face sculpt in a side by side that made it look strictly worse I was like what are you all doing who's the one that keeps wanting to do these face sculpts <laughs> like what I, it's like this is like that wheelie y'all did who had multiple worse faces <laughs> uh huh. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the state of upgrade kits so far. No, wait, um, wait. You said I was supposed to make the face better. Oh man, <laughs> knew I messed. I knew I was forgetting something. I genuinely, with with the Star Saber face and DNA Designs kit, I think they simply had room in the mold, and were like, "Well, this is either <laughs> dead space or spruce space, so why not sculpt it to look like an angrier face?" And it was maybe just somebody it, at the machine shop just went over with a chisel and went like a clank, k -k clank. <laughs> eh. Like maybe it yeah, looks better in production because it looked a little bit CAD modely in the promo photo they showed, which did it no favors because it basically had like inverted lighting that made it look super messed up. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's it, and it's like the it's fine. I think it's fine. It's just it's not doing what I want to see done as far as like quote unquote fixes. So I was I was not super excited, but um, 
That that does actually lead to this is my one big problem with Little Saber is the sword blade. I genuinely, until I tried it, I was like, oh, it's cool how the sword blade uh, tab looks like it's about five millimeters diameter, and so clearly will fit into Little Saber's hand as a little sword. Oh no, it doesn't. Well, dang, <laughs> that that would have been really cool because uh, he can hold the full sword, and that's fine. But I was kind of into the thing of like you know using the the sword the full swords guard as a shield like a buckler and then using the uh, the smaller blade as like a you know a sword for himself I think would have been really cool it, sort of coupled with how I don't think like I think the sword is fine but the part where they tried to make it go in with two different orientations on mine doesn't work at all it, it goes yeah. in it goes <laughs> in toy style but if I try to put it in cut you style like the the second way. It just wedges in there, and half the time, the actual friction and flex of the plastic pushes it back out. And I'm kind of like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> okay, so TJ, for me, it was for me, it was for me, it was the way the engineering of the handle was done. Where like anytime I try to put that into Saber's hand, like it just, yeah. Let me try that because I got it in, but I gave him two hands right away. Oh, that's tight. <laughs> oh, um. The one thing I did find out uh, when I streamed opening him, which, thank goodness, people gave me so many tips up front. Uh, and I, I'm saying this more so just for the listeners who might have not caught this. When you when you pull the sword handle out of the jet nose cone to extend it, keep pulling it until it clicks. It has a click point. Um, that's imperative, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it actually will click. Uh, that helps a ton. Um because otherwise, yeah, the the thing's coming up to push the blade out, uh, and that's that's a that's a problem. Um, but it clicks in both both orientations, fully in and fully out. Um, I have things to say about the instruction sheet, but I will save them for the end. <laughs> it's also what I'll add. for folks who are shocked. For folks who are here for the cartoonish rage aspect, oh, let me let me. I'll get started. I'll, I got y'all. Just stay tuned. I think it's a good toy. Also, I'm not going to dunk on this toy, but. Uh, Y'all make an instruction sheet like that? You're asking... Y'all are asking for it. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, so Saber is pretty cool. Um, TJ, you said the word footnote, so let's talk about the base mode. <laughs> uh, no. I tried it. I tried it. The, the part where they say the shield tabs in is a real funny joke to pull on us. I think it's really cool to like do a little April Fool's joke where they're like, there's two slots on the shield and there's places it tabs in. Because you'll have me sitting there for 15 minutes just adamant, like, no, I'm sure this works. <laughs> and then this, you put one tab, all right, I got one side in, I'll put the other side in, Kunk. oh, it fell out again. Uh, so the, but you know what, also? Back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I think they're messing with Oh, me. Oh, Aaron, you did it too. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, let's be real, I think it's okay if the base mode didn't work. Because no one cared about the base mode until parts of it didn't work. And then, let's be real, a lot of people started to pretend to care about the base mode. Uh, it's the only way I had him as a <laughs> child in the 80s. But also, the part where they did design one little tab connection for that base mode, and it's the one thing that's specially for the base mode and it doesn't work, made me really go like, oh, y'all. <laughs> this is so... I was the only one rooting for this base mode. <laughs> I believed in you. Uh, so yeah, the base mode's kind of a, a soft nothing. Uh, 
like they they put a foot peg in so you can have Saber kind of stand on the rest of the 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 jet mode for Star Saber on the on the V Star, and that's like ten times more important than the base mode, and he he can ostensibly do it. Oh, he could have used a second foot peg, but he can he can ostensibly do it. Um, so I, I just wanted to make sure that the base mode you know appeared in this podcast. <laughs> Does, is there anything else about the base? Any other grievances about the base mode y'all want to get out? Or, or do, I mean, TJ, it sounds like you you hard missed it. You're just like, no, <laughs> it exists. That's my that's my criticism. Yeah, I I acknowledged it enough to say I don't like it. <laughs> I never like these like arbitrary base modes. It just looks like you half transform the toy. Yeah, like, I've never seen one that Power I actually Master wanted Optimus to mess with. Prime, come on, that's an I mean, intentional Mas- one. That one's Power- fine. Power Master Prime had a ramp come out. That's already more than Star Saber. <laughs> he Power has Master- two ramps and a base. Thank you. He had he had guns. What people could sit in. Uh, uh, but yeah, um, we, we, I, I just wanted to give the base mode its due, which was that uh, Star Saber, kind of the star of the package. I think, like all due respect to Victory Leo, Star Saber's the the image that people are drawn to. Victory Saber is still basically Star Saber with bits on him. Um, the 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 Jet Mode is a legendary piece of stock animation. Um, the 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 whole multi stage transformation thing, the the final look. Uh, so Star Saber, um, is, I like him a lot. While I have some mixed bag thoughts on pieces of him, the overall package is so fun Uh, i've seen a lot of people talk about comparisons to the masterpiece as far as this feeling just more fun and making a lot of people really double look at the masterpiece Uh, i think the masterpiece does some stuff of its time and of its of its context but uh this this is like this feels like it's years of culmination of of just play pattern after play pattern appearing in the main line where it's like oh they could do a star saber like that and then they they finally did and I think he, for the most part, turned out really solid. Um, I I enjoy transforming him a lot. Uh, I, I I love a lot of the tricks. I, I love how many times the aerial bot trick mutates slightly on this whole package and appears again and again. Um, I wish there were some C-clips involved in some parts of it, because there's so many things that, that end up just being a tab slot, and I'm like, oh, but on a thing of this size, and given that there are some katunk clips for the this V-Star mode, it's in the legs specifically. I'm like, oh, I wish that those leg lock panels had a big-ass just tunk C-clip on them just for even satisfaction's sake. Uh, but And then the, the the number of different ratchet joints in that body, that is a part of the Unicron experience that, like, you know, a lot of people missed out on, and I'm glad that that seems to be a thing that still exists in the smaller-scale HasLab Transformer is the, the different ratchet feels for different purposes. Uh, mm-hmm. there's so much cool stuff going on here. Aaron, Aaron, uh, I'm going to come to you first this time. How, how are you feeling about the, the overall package of the, the star saber, the man himself? Uh, again, really good. Uh, I like the, the fact that they have the like quasi ratchets for, for bringing his, his arms together. Um, th- that to me, it was, was, you know, definitely the the point where it was like you know they're paying attention. You know, that's where it goes from being the just another thing for the shelf versus this is something with that extra that extra zhuzh to it. Um, that's a good then, a good word yeah, for it. The 
the all the various ways that you can have his accessories about him you know put the put the blade down the down the side of the pant leg and put the the handle behind the the shield or have the cannon out or you know any anything of that nature um in the way that yeah. I just kind of each way it it works and feels like it it was meant to quite well which is more towards the integration that it'd be nice if it, well I know it can't be done to that level in normal mainline things because the extra design cycles it it'd be nice if it was closer to that um sometimes mm. The, yeah, the well, this random feels... clear weapons that are coming in Legacy right now that I don't recognize as being as belonging to that character otherwise, and uh, then it just sits there and hangs out. Well, and they integrate by you know they use a five mil port to integrate by literally hanging off the guy right and like and on this one that's why Star Saber I think is like is like kind of making the statement of like hey look I'm even doing the current weapons play pattern of generations from the last like five years and my version is so integrated it's like it's like i'm i am the culmination of all those those more uh rickety uh implementations my stuff is just mine and it goes in places on me uh but those places happen to be in many cases cross compatible with five mil ports uh it's, it's so freaking cool um DJ, how about you? I mean, this is this is uh, again like this is kind of the star of the package. This is that guy. So many years ago, it was like, oh, if they could just do a new star saber, uh, I'd I'd be so sad. Uh, how are you feeling now? That they they went and did a new star saber. I am, I am very happy right now. Just overall, very happy. Um, yeah, like it feels. <clears throat> this is gonna be like. It's gonna sound weird, but like it feels like a retail figure, but not in a bad way. It feels like it belongs with all the other toys I've been playing with and collecting. It feels like it's on the highest end of that retail stuff because it's far more solid. Uh, there's a lot of stuff about that whole Star Saber package where I can see this would not fly at retail, this would be hollowed out, this would not get an extra panel, this would not get an extra touch of engineering. Like, even if you commander class it, I don't think it comes out as good as it does here. Um, totally as someone agree. who's looked at... Yeah? Oh, I was, yeah, I, was, I just wanted to say, like, I, I totally agree it doesn't fit commander class 100%, because I've seen that... I Maybe it was guilty for seeding the idea in some places, but, like... I've seen it said, like, oh, they could just release Star Saber as a commander class, and I'm like, mm, they could, but I don't think he'd be the same. I think there are things that would be, fi there'd be edges filed off for him to be a commander what class if it, price What point. if it was just the, like, just the star part? That's what I mean. Victory Leo wouldn't even saber. be there. It, like, well, no, be I, I'm, I'm saying not Saber. Like, Saber's a Voyager that you buy, and then you just buy the back half as a separate thing. Like, that'd be like a leader if it was just would, the, the uh, big jet thing. Yeah, but then you'd, you'd, you wouldn't be able to sell that as an independent toy, well, though. I, I, well, I know. I'm just yeah. trying to think where this... We're, we're trying to jam this into our... 
oh. uh, price point sets. I think I think there's a version of it where there is a com- there is a leader. Leader even feels too small for this, but being super super generous, maybe commander class victory Leo and Saber, and then leader class V Star, maybe. And you'd yeah. still be leaving out the stand and the effect parts and the shield and possibly the V Log cannon. You would have to you would have to leader class victory Leo and commander class Star Saber. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, and even then, commander class Star Saber. And it's if you just remove the stand and Victory Leo and the effect parts and try to cram that into Commander class, I think there are still edges that get filed off. I think that the uh, I think that the the Star Saber helmet doesn't transform at all. I think that uh, like as far as having moving parts, I think those all get removed. I think the hands are just fists, um, and then I think a couple mechanisms are maybe s- simplified here and there, and then it fits Commander class. By the way, I'm a layman. I don't actually know any of this, but this is just going off educated guesses and you know buying a lot of this stuff. Um, but yeah, like, I just want to say to TJ, I, I super agree. This, this is not simply a commander toy. Like there are extra bits and pieces everywhere on this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like as someone who has been looking at toys over and over, over the years where I look at, I look at wing saber and energon and go, okay, so you remember exists. Can I get a real one now? Or, and then all fast forward all the way to like power the primes where, where Optimus is basically doing the star saber gimmick. And I'm like, all right, uh, this is the line, yeah? This is the line, right? This is this, 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 this. Where is it? Yeah, you remember <laughs> that Toy Fair or whatever? When we were all just like, oh, this has to be where they're doing Star Saber. I mean, it's... Yeah. Look, they're doing his gimmick twice. <laughs> <laughs> it, it bugged me. Like, Rodimus got to do Star Saber's gimmick. How does that make sense? <laughs> So uh, yeah, this, it's been a ton of anticipation. Me, the 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 Star Saber fanboy, and all the times I look at things, going, "Yep, that, now is the time." And then Hasbro went, "We disagree." Uh, yeah, <laughs> like I'm, I'm super happy with it. Like, and like if, if you're if you're if you're trying to put in something that is going to fit in with the retail Transformer collection, I don't think they could have done a better job. Like anything mm. beyond this is like approaching the masterpiece level. I mean, but like you said, like there's elements to this that feel better and are more fun than the masterpiece toy is, which is a weird thing to say. But then again, I guess that's, mm-hmm. that's a has lab. Like what, sh- what else should I expect from a custom order thing? Yeah. And, and, and I alluded to this, I alluded to this before and I just want to quickly repeat, like Unicron made this statement as well, but Unicron inherently was a lot harder to parse the statement out because it's, Unicron is enormous, so there's no real parallel track to even compare to. Uh, but Star Saber is is a much better example of Haslab just being its main line. But we we put the ceiling up to do what we want to do to to some degree. Uh, but it as far as the play experience, it is still mainline. And I think I, I'm really enjoying how many people are kind of. It's not like an epiphany, but there's just a lot of people saying with a tone of you know surprise. I'm really happy this feels a little more mainline so I can actually play with the thing. And I'm like, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of a, it's, it's a cool little epiphany of sorts. Um, bit of an overstatement to call it that, but the, the thing about the bad star saber, my, my only major problem with star saber, uh, is <clears throat> the result of the bounty I was given and me wanting a little bit more. Um, basically, uh, he has two different layers of accordion j- butterfly joints in his shoulders 
which I put a video out about on on social media for a big reason. They are not mentioned at all in the instructions. Uh, they were they were brought up by uh, Evan uh, from the design team in the video that he put up about uh, the I think probably the f- first or second test shot of Star Saber. Um, and I highly recommend that video in place of the instructions because there is a lot more covered in that in a lot better detail. Uh, so those give Star Saber two extra degrees of pulling his shoulders forwards. And it made me immediately go like, oh boy, I wish there was one more of those inside the shoulder for outwards motion because there's one limitation on Star Saber that kind of bums me out. And it's that when you want to move his shoulders outwards, effectively you're limited to 45 degrees outwards. And that mostly bums me out because he is a sword swinging fella and it ma- I want to do kooky poses. And I kind of run into the wall of his shoulder uh, outwards limitations when I do that. Um, and the and the only reason I'm greedy for it is the two layers in the x-axis, uh, quote-unquote, that exist. I want one in the y-axis, and I'd be so satisfied. Um, but that's like, that. that is just greed that, that is being fed by all the candy I've been given, basically. And there are still plenty of poses you can do with him. It's just it is a notable articulation limitation, I think. Uh, and and to to couch how how like I accept you know that I'm gonna take a stone to the face for that. He has dedicated ab crunch joints as Star Saber and has a transformation and ab crunch joint as Saber. So it's not like they were like yeah, his mainline articulation is fine. Like the, obviously, I'm sure an attempt was made to put an outwards shoulder swing bonus in here somewhere and for various reasons one could deduce or surmise there's probably you know reasons why it didn't happen um but i really wish it did because it would have made this like a perfect robot mode for me <laughs> uh but yeah also again psa in case you have star saber and didn't know uh you can butterfly his shoulders forward and then you can also butterfly his shoulders backwards on a different joint so it's like a zed shaped pair of accordions style setups uh, that are very easy to not know exist, but there are pins for both of them that you can spot. Uh, and it's very easy to think those pins are for transformation. So if you're having trouble figuring out where they are and you don't see any videos about it, look at the top of his shoulder blade as Star Saber. There are, there's a pin in the blue and a pin in the gray. Not, you'll notice neither of those are used for transformation. Uh, one of them is shared with the gray flaps that fold forward when you receive saber in the chest. So it's a little deceiving, but that also accounts for something else. Um, go watch Evan designs video too. You should, it's the best. It's the closest we'll ever get to designer commentary on this toy. Probably for a while. Um, yeah, I, it's so good though. It's so fun. The knees are buttery. The hips are clicky. The wrists, the wrist transformation joint goes out two extra clicks entirely for the sake of more sword poses. Like, holy moly. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's so loving. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, you know, you give him a sword, you give him a shield, you give him a gun. He's, he's a complete package. It's so friggin' fun. Uh, the, the only other thing that I kind of sat there staring at it for a while thinking was like, is there, is, what are feasible solutions to have the battle up helmet? attached rather than a pull off and put back on. Uh, I don't think there are any as within the constraints of like looking mainline. Uh, I can't remember what the masterpiece toy did, if it had a detachable arm or not. Um, 
I think it had a detachable arm. I want to say detachable arm, but I haven't touched mine in a while. Yeah. That would have been neat. I don't need it at all. It's fine. <laughs> um, the the fact that you can leave the helmet attached um, makes for some very funny fan modes where you just leave the helmet attached on Saber and Saber looks real funny. Or you pull the helmet off and you realize like Saber's head is extremely small <laughs> when you pull the helmet off. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the one thing I would have liked to have seen is just some, even if it's just a separate part, just a larger saber head so I can make that screen accurate shot of the toy if I wanted it. Uh, yeah. Um, hey, let's go back to that DNA designs kit for a second. Whole new faceplate <laughs> no one asked for. For a faceplated Transformer where they're like, it's a different expression. And I'm like, dog, it's not. You you have to he because they're like a more intense expression. I look at Haslab Star Saber, who is scowling at me behind a faceplate, and I'm like, "What more intense expression did you want?" Uh, and the, and the whole time I see their upgrade kit, and I'm like, "So different new faceplate." When literally everyone, everyone who has said a thing about an add-on kit has at some point said, "Oh, and a, and a normal saber head that's just bigger to put over the saber head for when he's in the Star Saber armor." Uh, anyway, I'm dogging on DNA designs a bit because I was just like, I found their, their big reveal of their upgrade kit was just so off the mark. I was astonished. <laughs> it's just like a whole lot of stuff that is not important. <laughs> and then aside from the sword blade, obviously that's, that's important. But even then, I think the sword blade is fine. Like it is short, but also I think it's fine. Uh, it doesn't bug me as much as a lot of other folks. Um, the only thing that bugs me is that the, the two orientation installation just doesn't work on mine. Um, but otherwise, I, I, I'll take a bigger blade, but I'm, I'm not really that upset about this. Uh, the shield is fine. I think it works pretty well. I found the instructions for the shield made it more confusing than it actually is, though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, because they kept trying to show things, but the instruction pictures were so small that I was like, wait, is this like... Is there a certain order? Is this complex? Do I have to do it a certain yeah. way? And it's like, no, you just stick it on. It's <laughs> like like where the handle is supposed to plug into the shield a couple of times was very like, what are you trying to show me here? <laughs> like it's it, it didn't show like a really good angle of it. And it was like, granted, I, I like those in, the multicolor instructions. That's nice. Yeah. How, should, how, they, how they really should be being. Eh, but that costs significantly more to be for color printing than just two color printing or one color printing Hasbro. Um but yeah, there were multiple times where it was like, where is no the handle still goes in that same spot. Why are there like eight holes in the back of this thing if you really only have <laughs> like two places for this handle to go and one of them's only in the super combined mode. Did I wanna know, did you ha or TJ maybe also did either of you have the moment where the instructions are like, and you can put the sword in like this and you sit there trying to slot the sword in in all these different ways, and then eventually you realize, oh, you meant I just peg it on. The the the, the one thing that the instruction picture doesn't look like I'm supposed to do, but yeah. I just peg it on. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was super really careful me. with that. Yeah, I was super careful with that because I knew going in, someone had broken that connection point on the hand on the blade. Hmm. Yeah, uh, it was really, really weird to me trying to figure out, because I was like, I liked the idea of storing the sword guard on the shield and putting the blade in the leg, so I wanted, 
I want to do this right. And then I kept thinking, like, what's the complex way that the swords... So I went to Evan's video to, to double-check and finally find... Oh, I just plug it in. I just peg it in. Okay. And it's cut to fit just right when I do that. I'm like, okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll come back to the instructions later. Um, here's a here's a thing that I, I, I like, but also I have, I, I'm curious about. So Star Saber has a gun. He has a gun. I really like that they added 5 mil ports to either side so that it can kind of siege up. I, I generally I really like how Star Saber is quietly really siegeable, like weaponizable, fossilizable, you know, he's he's all armed and ready for that. Um however, here's a big question. How do do either of you feel like you might forget he has a gun at some point? Cuz it's very nondescript. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially when the whole set comes with a much larger gun that is probably going to be his display weapon. Uh, yeah, the V-Log cannon just being like, what's up? What's up, everyone? Uh, to its credit, the small gun can happily just peg onto the side of the V-Log cannon as a gun sight, and then you can you can forget it ever exists, but in a, in a more constructive way. <laughs> uh, if that makes sense. Um... But yeah, his little his little gun was was kind of like I, it's it's a vintage piece. It's it's got to be there. But I was like, boy, this is this is no Ion Blaster of Optimus Prime. Uh, it's going to be very easy to forget this belongs to him uh, if it falls into into a pile. Um, is there anything else here? Uh, okay, I have one little crit, but this this bounces into the next little the next major subject. Um, so his his hands they do the siege jet fire thing, which is great. I love seeing that come back. Um, that's that's a, a fun trick that should happen more often. Um, but his, the, the, the cuffs of his forearms are so huge. Uh, it bums me out because it means that, he, that star saber is actually not really able to hold such an important hidden part of this package. The combined micromaster weapon mode of Autobot fire and Holy, uh, which by the way is not in the instructions at all. Um, uh, which is fine. They never did it, but still it's, it's in the toys. And that brings us to Autobot fire and Holy, the stretch goals. Uh, I have seen people literally leave them strapped into the packaging and then sell the shell of the in, the inner shell of the packaging, and go like, "I never even de-strapped these." Uh, so I, I ended up kind of digging them more than I thought I would, given that I don't like the Siege MicroMasters very much on the whole. Uh, I forgot how. Maybe I maybe this wasn't the case, but I had flashbacks when it happened. I forgot how on the police car mold the legs just kind of don't work. Um, uh huh. But <laughs> neither of those molds really work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're kind of endearing because the paint is so nice and, and bright. But it's uh, holy, ho- holy moly! Uh, I tried every orientation because it's, it's ball sockets. I was like, I'll just try swapping stuff for funsies. No, none of it works. It's, you move his legs, and they they arc themselves right off. It's very funny. Um, I was curious if, if if either of you actually are like had any reaction to the MicroMasters uh, at all um, once you had them open. Mine, mine was along the lines of like, oh yeah, they're still there. Hold on, let me look. What didn't we already have this red fire? Tra- oh no, it's slightly different apps. Okay, cool. Didn't we already have this? Nope, slightly different apps. Okay, cool. They they also combine into a gun. Yeah. That was one of my, uh, well, I'll get into this in a second. TJ, uh, did, did, did you have much of a reaction to, to Fire and Holy? I mean, Holy, Holly, which one is it? It's it's Holy, yes. I, so it's it technically Holy. But uh, Okay, I'm still in the Christmas spirit. I'm saying Holly. 
<laughs> I mean, I don't mind. I don't mind the inclusion. I will acknowledge Fire is along for the ride because he's on Holly's mold. And it's probably <laughs> yeah. literally the only reason he exists. What's up? Um, it's me, famous Autobot Fire. <laughs> fire. No. Uh, I mean, Holly's a neat inclusion because he's like the Bumblebee of victory. Like, so he's in yeah. every episode as like the kid connection character. So, like, him, I like having. He's super jank and, you know, his. You know, his legs atrophy at a moment's notice, but I like him as just a bonus. Fire is completely superfluous to the package until we found out we're getting the other two. So now he's important. Yeah, that was that was Uh, a funny surprise. Uh, see that that has that that now see that has me thinking about the people who backed both, but like like you said, sold it off without even taking them out of the box. Like if there's any, I wish I had gotten my victory saber like three days sooner when the Dazaris one was still open because I was very much like "Mm, I'll see how this is, and then I didn't get it in time and I didn't back it so. I'll be one of the people going at the second wave looking for it. I think, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tangent too long. I think Desaurus is going to be an easier second wave to get in on than Victory Saber because I think a lot of people are, how do you put this, preemptively extra buying because they think there will be more FOMO. Um, so he will be, you'll pay more. You'll probably pay more, but he will exist, I think, even more than Victory Saber already exists on the aftermarket. Um, the, so he's two, I got two big pieces of trivia about Holy to drop. So number one, I believe this is the only time an animation colors version of the MicroMaster police car has ever come out. Cause in victory, he was actually miscolored on screen and the toy version of him that came out was the same colors as the American version. Um, so this is, this is a first, th- these colors existing. Also, if you want to know the root of his name, uh, it's actually, it's, it's super simple and you don't ever need to remember this knowledge, but it's funny trivia. So he's called Hori because he's a Porisukar and Po is a Ho with an extra little circle next to it from the alphabet. So if you take the circle off, it becomes a Horisukar, so it becomes Hori and so it's Hori and fire and then Pipo because Pipo is the noise in ambulance. It's the onomatopoeia noise for Wee Woo over in, in Japan. So that. Their names are very silly and simple, and that's where it comes from. <laughs> uh, okay, I have a I have a question. So, do either of you have a fire that holds together in vehicle mode? Yes, but uh, what do you mean exactly? The front end, the front end on my on mine refuses to close together. I mean that mold. I don't think the it holds together as well as the first oh, version of that mold yeah, did no. for me. Like that's just it, again. It, mine it's not like mine, those, those two are thrilling molds. Yeah, mine mine holds together in so much as it looks like a fire truck, but yeah, it doesn't like super clip together. Yeah, the front end on mine absolutely splits apart every single time. Um, I saw some people have that, and they said it was mold flash. Uh, I look for something to trim. There's nothing I can trim. Uh, no, there's no mold I flash just, here on mine. I I have no idea. When the legs are extended, it clips together. And then when the legs are folded up for the truck mode, it does not. Oh, there, so there is one. Is... There is one thing about fire actually that this might explain it because uh, I caught this on Twitter. Uh, so his his thighs are actually swapped because they are slightly differently shaped. 
but uh. in production it's easy to not notice that, and you'd have to pop a pin to fix them, so it's not really worth it. Um, but in most cases, as far as anyone can tell, they, they put the thighs in backwards on them, and that's probably part uh, of what's causing it. I I looked at that, and it matches, like, the the instructions match the way that they are. Yeah, that that is part on, of the... on the toy. There, there, there's a there's a sculpted piece that's on one side that's not on the other side, and the instructions yeah. match it. So it's I, I wouldn't necessarily say that in production they were put on wrong. It's was designed that way at least for the instruction copy, and I'm pretty sure the instruction copies were 3D rendered, not like printed. So copies. this this is a this is sort of an ongoing story I've kind of caught over time on some Discord channels where. The instruction CAD placements sometimes follow a demonstrable production error that can be backtraced to photos being posted of test shots the designers have been handling. Uh, it, <laughs> which is yeah, it's um, a lot. Of, it's a lot for ostensibly the kind of crummy fire truck MicroMaster doesn't come together very well. <laughs> yeah. But so here's still. here's here's the thing that that actually did kind of spur me to check. Uh, the Siege version, Red Heat, uh, yeah, there's these little nubs at the top of the hips that are not on the front of that version of the toy. So, yeah, yeah that, 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 yeah, they're absolutely flipped. So, the, yeah, that's, that's, I think, the root cause, and there's probably, like, like, because the sculpt, if you look at it from the side, there is a notable kind of bowing to how the legs are sculpted, the thighs are sculpted, which probably is entering into making the front not quite locked together for truck mode. Um, all of this is basically like the, a, a cosmic negging of Autobot fire in that his toy is misassembled, but no one cares enough to fix it because the end result of fixing it doesn't do anything amazing. <laughs> uh, but, uh, the, 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 what I can say is amazing is that even though it's not in the instructions, the combined weapon mode works. I did it. Uh, and, and this is, a, this is, this is getting into streaming stuff, but it was so fun. I streamed opening and playing with this toy the first time. And when we got to trying to figure out, cause I was asking people who were watching, like, does anyone remember how this is supposed to work? How, cause I know it's supposed to, it's stupid and you just, you stick truck onto car and it's a gun, but there's a certain way it works. And I was like, I can't actually remember how this is supposed to work. And then I, we, we collectively as a group realized that we all had like an ongoing brain rot of the MicroMaster weapon modes were so haphazard and kind of crummy that everyone remembers how they work differently than the next person you ask. And eventually we were all like, wait, no, hang on. No, you're supposed to turn that one. No, you're not. No, that's the front. No, no, that's the front. And we were all sitting there going like, wait, we, none of us remember how this works. And then I was grabbing the other, I had, I had the, the, the sports car patrol or the Septicon sports car guys and the trucks, um, powertrain and what's his name in weapon mode. Cause they'd been sitting in weapon mode for two years on a shelf next to me. Cause I was adamant to figure out the weapon modes. And then I just never messed with them again. And I was showing them and there were people going like, no, wait, that's the weapon mode. Wait, those two had a weapon mode. <laughs> it was really fun. It was like this shared brain void, um, about very unimportant toys, <laughs> but it was really, it was a good time. Uh, Anyway, yeah, I had I had to I I just saw them sitting on my desk and realized I was actually almost going to forget to talk about those two on this podcast if neither of you mentioned them. Um so that that was an important segue to throw in there. Anything else about the MicroMasters we want to 
hit up. Did either of you, <laughs> are either of you going, because I'm going to assume neither of you did the weapon mode. I'm going to make that assumption. Are either of you going to try to Correct. do the weapon mode? <laughs> Tell you what. Probably not. Do the weapon modes save the base mode? Uh, ooh. Uh, <laughs> you know, do they add, like, the little turrets the it needs? The base? You hypothetically should be able to attach the weapon to the base mode. Now, does it help? I don't know. But I'm pretty sure there's an open socket that's unimpeded enough for the weapon mode to attach to the base mode. So I'm going to leave that open for someone else to try. Because <laughs> uh, I don't want to make the base mode again. That was... <laughs> I was too frustrated last <laughs> time. Uh, so let's let's get to the other star of the of the, the package, uh, the one that makes this really a Haslab package because he's there. Um, Victory Leo, uh, the one who the one who they made room for, but just never did at Masterpiece Scale. Victory Leo, who always would get left out, uh, has his day, um, and uh, and I'm I'm a, I'm gonna say that I actually found him astonishingly fun for mm-hmm. like what is basically a a he is the he is the third robot in a in a three robot sentai combination he's the he's the guy who plugs onto the hip of might gain in a brave combination but uh i think they made him really fun for what he is uh myself but um tj i'm going to ask you uh how do you feel about uh excuse me <coughs> victory leo uh and and how he turned out Victory Leo, I think, turned out as good as he could have, considering everything Victory Leo has to do. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it, I mean, as far as, like, complexity goes, it is bare bones, because he does have to f- fall apart and form boots and backpack. Um, but I do like how he turned out. Um, like I said, you know, I mean, it's a simple thing to get him into into lion mode, into flying brick mode. Uh, but like it, it's 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 weird. It's like because like it's it's a super simple toy, but it's still doing a whole lot of things, and I think everything it does is pretty good. I agree. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's I, just... I I think that the way that they integrated various different spots and functions for his two cannons for the V lock cannon, uh, I think the transfer given what he's transforming into. I think the transformation's pretty darn good. I actually really like his spaceship mode. Uh, and, and I mean, maybe this tracks I mean, given how much I like Siege Soundwaves alt mode and Siege Shockwaves alt modes. But like, it's a good one of those, I think. You know, as far it's as one it's a of box those, with it, wings. <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those spaceships that make you go, oh right, there's no air in space, why are we making them aerodynamic? Yeah. yeah. Then why does it have wings? Oh no, flare! <laughs> it has wings for flare. That's what so- I decided. Solar winds. He has he has wings for the same reason you put a spoiler on a car you're never driving outside of downtown. It's it's there so, so he looks. So cool. actually, you could say if you had wings out there and you had like reaction control thrusters, you could get more torque out of it by being further away from your center of gravity. But that's just me being a precisely nerd than than what we are here. <laughs> That is the best case I've ever heard made for Victory Saber's alt mode, so technically, like, that that's important stuff you're saying. Most people just go... Most people laugh off his, his spaceship mode, and it makes me sour, because I think it's actually a really cool spaceship mode. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, the, the even the little things, like, putting in... So I spent my whole stream 
not noticing this until after the stream that his guns have an, their own hinge on the, like internally but because also there is a hinge on where they plug in on him to flip up and point forward they then also have a hinge to once they're pointing forward then point up so there's and there's sculpted stuff under there and like again that's like I'll get to it but like that that was a cool surprise for me um this is where however I got to put out another little PSA cuz I when I heard about this, I immediately understood it. So you know that black flap on his forehead, right? And you know how that thing felt... Pro- I mean, I'm going to make an assumption. That thing probably felt pretty bad the first time you tried to interact with it. It's very tight, very weird. Uh, so that thing actually just physically snapped at the hinge on someone's because all the torque went wrong. Um, so that thing, that thing is kind of a bummer. Uh, I feel like, how do you put this? All it's really trying to do is have a solid position up and a solid position down. And somewhere in the midst of all that, I think something got maybe over-engineered as far as like trying to go like, no, it's going to be a perfect amount of resistance when you fold it down by having like, not just a perfectly round hinge, but like a, there's going to be a slight divot on it. So it'll just catch nicely. And I think that given the small scale of the pin hinge in question, it's ended up with a kind of like just unpleasant, potentially dangerous feeling hinge. Uh, but that is something to watch out for, for folks who are getting a hold of one of these secondhand or are getting one later on because they're in, they're physically beating the teeth out of Zavi's face or something. Uh, <laughs> um, but that, that's one thing. The other, the only other thing about him I will want to call out is when I try to move his hips outwards, it's a really nice ratchet joint that gives more resistance than the transformation joint. So often when I try to move Victory Leo's hips outwards, I just split them open um, and start transforming them into boots. And that's completely solvable by just keeping a, you know fingers together to hold them while I move them. But it's a little thing where I'm like, that's a bummer. Because it's a really nice outward ratchet, but it, it's highlighting that like the transformation lock is not as tight as I would have liked in uh, in comparison. Uh, also, he has wrist swivels, and I keep forgetting about that, even though they're part of the transformation. And that's just sick. That's sick. Uh, Aaron, how are you feeling about uh, Victory Leo? Um, I think through everything until he becomes Boots, like, it's... I, I feel like he does a very good job of being cohesive, like his own transformation between Robot and Lion and Jet does a great job of being like, this is very much just a transformer. That's a triple changer. Wait, there's a fourth thing. <laughs> and, and again, you know, to go back to, to what we've said repeatedly, it's very much an, an a, a retail experience of, of transforming them. So like, and and in the good way. There's, you know, n- nothing that it does is anything that you wouldn't be surprised of how to do it. Yeah, it's it's the retail experience, but then uh, all the things that you're ready to call out as not being there are there. Basically, is the way I, I kind of think about it. Where like little things, like oh, where where are the back of leg covers? Oh, they're actually there. Uh, where the, where's the hip ratchets for the big, oh, they're actually there. Like the things that would, you know, if this was released as a leader class toy would probably start to get carved away. As I mentioned before, like the edges getting filed off. Um, the, the main, you know, probably wouldn't have been on two little hinges, stuff like that. 
yeah, I was also I was just looking him over to, to find the other thing to call out here because people will be yelling about it. And it's a legitimate thing to yell about. I just don't care enough myself. Um, how odd a story is it? Those two red stickers that this guy comes with. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Were those yeah. in a backer update yeah. that I missed? Okay. Okay. I thought I missed. I was, I was like nothing. This... I, I'm a. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I'm assuming I'm assuming those center wings are the palm plastic, considering they're it's holding all the hinges together. This might so, yes. guess is that it's unpaintable. Um I have been looking at them a lot. So they are not as obviously palm as some other palm parts have been, because they've got a little bit of sheen to them, I think just because they're so flat and smooth. But they do have a different tactile feel when I rub my finger on them. And that's where I'm thinking that they're the plastic that doesn't specifically because a little education moment for folks who don't know when people say unpaintable plastic, it is paintable. It simply doesn't receive airbrush tampograph paint that is done at at factory production levels. It would require brush on paint and probably a, a top coat afterwards, which doesn't fit the toy making process that exists for Hasbro right now. Um, so that results in the fact that they need to use stickers to add the, the red strips at the top. Uh, and I'll, I'm going to straight up, I said this on on my stream, and I've said it elsewhere. This is me. I don't really notice that the red stripe isn't there, but I completely accept that if I cared about it, it would stick out. And I do think that a sticker solution, like, is a bad look on a HasLab piece. But the part in question really does need to be a little bit more flexible and less brittle. Because not only does it have hinges, it also has some of the pointier parts. Um... Because the, the pointy bits at the tips of the, the fold-out wings are rounded at the ends. The pointy bits on these things are, like, a little bit sharper. Um, and so, and also, it does have it does have the two hinges attached to it, etc. Uh, this is actually a big part of the current uh, medium of talking about toys. If you, if you take out a pen and start hitting it, you'll notice that the trill... Uh, is also very slightly different, which communicates a different density of plastic and really thus a different quality. It's like, okay, it's December 2022 and I wanted to do the bit somewhere. So uh, I, I, I've, I was kind of waiting. I've been waiting to fit that in. Um, so thanks thanks for humoring me on that one. Um, but yeah, yeah, the, the sticker thing is weird. I think it's a completely legit, legitimate thing to not be into. I just also don't, I don't really care myself. Um but it, it, it's super weird. I forgot about it when I opened them and I saw the stickers and I was like, huh? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I haven't applied them. Uh, I don't really want to. <laughs> uh, I need to see more photos of people who applied. Like, Aaron, it sounds like you didn't apply them. Uh, I, I applied mine. Oh, you applied yours? I, Does it look I all right? Worked really hard. I worked really hard to, like, they're supposed to be centered in that and that's always a difficult thing to try and eyeball that center. Oh! Especially, okay, yeah. especially on something that you have to like fold and wrap over something. Like, Ooh. there's no good place to sit that. So what I did was I took it on the top rim and I pushed it all the way to one side, and that way it was a little bit easier to like. It was easier to do like the left right center off of the one edge, and then took the other edge, took it down the length of the wing, and then kind of folded it down off of the center and then pushed it down. So it's probably not exactly where it's supposed to be, but I think it that felt like the good compromise to 
balance all of the things. Is it the kind of sticker material that's like that sort of compresses it's, around? It's, the... it's it is it is the thin metallic. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I'm gonna leave mine alone. I think. I yeah, don't, I don't that like is, that sticker that material. That is perfectly acceptable. Go, you do hobby paint and stuff. Go get some like metallic-y red hobby paint and hobby paint it. Honestly, here's, here's the thing. They're going good. Like I, I wouldn't even mind those stickers if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for the fact that the part that like the thinnest possible part is the part that they make the longest. Like if it was just like, <laughs> okay, you just fold, you fold over in like two layers or something or three layers and okay okay i'm fine but it's the fact that you like i've got to run this super thin trim against the edge of the wing and try and hope that i line this sticker up to not create that little white line gap between the t- the red parts okay i i know now what my main thing about the stickers is and i think that i'm gonna i'm gonna put i'm gonna put myself out there i'm gonna say this feels justified for the kind of product this is I'm going to use that that dangerous opener, but I feel this is okay. For the kind of product this is, they should have just given you a sheet of copies of that sticker. Like, eight copies. It's like, here, take as many times as you need. Um, We'll give you a few extras, because this is probably difficult. We'll give you a whole bunch of extra copies so you can screw up. And then, like, what do they lose? Maybe they lose a little bit of money on extra sticker copies, but it is the smallest sticker sheet in the world. Uh, Yeah. Or imagine if they did one in the thin metallic and one in, the, in their thicker metallic and one in a paper. Yeah, and then duplicate. So you get two of each. And just like, here's all the options in the world and a safety net. That that would be, to me, like a not even crowd, that's a made-to-order experience with backer updates. That's the kind of thing I would really like to see, is if we're going to do something like stickers, here's multiple copies. Because this is this is not a toy hacks. This is not a place where they are printing them, you know, in in house some somewhere in in North America, this is this is a full on you know mass production sticker operation for a small sheet. Like just just provide the safety net copies at least on something like this, because uh, everything you you are both describing sounds like a frigging stress nightmare to me. <laughs> uh, knowing that I only have one copy of the stickers, um, the also I'm going to say if they didn't put the stickers in and just never said anything, I would have never noticed the red stripe missing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's this... that's the that's the darn thing of it. It's like uh you, mm, yeah, you just skipped it and 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 gone. But like yeah. all these all these solutions are making this worse and worse and more stressful. And now these all these solutions are doing is making me start to just call out the nature of how you all drop stickers on us. It's like you know if you're gonna make them, just give us multiple copies. What do you lose? It's not like we can, like, sell them on the aftermarket, yeah. you know? <laughs> or even just, like, you know, and it's not like you'd have to have multiple copies of that sticker sheet. There's enough space on there that you could probably put You could probably put two of each. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and, and also, you know, I'll stop going on about it, but also multiple copies and multiple copies on the sheet means you've buffered against mis- missing the die cut in some way, because mm-hmm. that can happen, too. Um. And and unfortunately, until Hasbro can figure out the and by that I mean pay a bunch of people to be a parts replacement department for their higher end pieces, uh, that's the solution. Because the, the actual solution is you actually have a paid department who handles 
specifically your higher end piece replacement stuff and you just have a stock of stickers there and you go like send us an email we'll let you five times send us an email and we'll just send you letter mail a sticker sheet um that 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 is the actual solution i would like to see but i don't think they have the manpower to do that uh that's that goes into how i think that the pulse store runs too but that, that's getting tangential um so yeah Vic- victory leo uh does a bunch of cool stuff on his own and aaron like you said the all the parts where he combines with victory saber or into victory saber they're not really part of either mode which i, I really like he doesn't he doesn't break apart to transform he just transforms yeah and then when you break him apart you're like oh there's actually a a gimmick to like you pull this off mm-hmm. and now i can split him in half um but quickly before we hit that, it is worth noting he can combine with uh, the V-Star into the Victory Saber jet, which looks magnificent in person. Holy moly. Uh, I saw in one Discord it was described as, like, astonishingly swooshable, and I was like, that's a perfect way to put it. Like, yes. it's just a big old jet you want to fly around your living room, and you're like, this is just so big and satisfying. It feels like the V-Star is missing something in the back that this perfectly accommodates the the way it clips in is so friggin' satisfying to me. Uh, the oh, like the, it slides in, slots in, fold the thing down, click. We're all together. And you start swooshing it around. Feels so cool. It's big and heavy. Uh, I love that combined jet mode, uh, which really took me by surprise because it's like it was the my least favorite part of the combination gimmick for them in the show and in the the concept because it it never looked like much. But when you actually do it with physical toys, it's it's so different. I'm sure that would be the case with the original too. I just never handled one. But um, yeah, the 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 combined the combined spaceship is is just uh, perfect. I can't think of a thing it does wrong myself. Um, right down to the shield having a way to integrate with the whole thing. Uh, it, it's fantastic. I don't know. Any, any other thoughts on that? You guys want to throw in? No, swooshable as a jet was a mental point of mine as well. Um, the, way, the way everything locks together, and especially like using the shield as part of it that hold that helps like really bring everything together as as one big connection. It was my concern at um, at the beginning that it was just going to be like there were going to be two really awkward like five millimeter pegs and ports that you had to line up in order to make it all combined together Mm. and the fact that it wasn't that it's like a series of significant tabs that are sometimes a little bit of a pain to get to tab but once it's there it is like locked in place and never going anywhere yeah yeah i I feel the same way i I was expecting something real hackneyed and in my case i was kind of expecting something that was going to rely on the stand um oh yeah uh, Admittedly, this is all before, like, Evan, you know, put up the video showing kind of how a lot of stuff works. But, like, yeah, initial initial worries of mine were, like, is it going to be, like, five mil pegs? Is it going to be, like, oh, yeah, you cl- you clip them together and then fasten the stand on the bottom? And it's like, okay. I mean, technically, for the quote-unquote adult collector, that's how it's displayed. But, uh, yeah, it, it's so satisfying. Um, TJ, do, do, would you be able to comment at all how it compares to the original? <laughs> I never got a Victory Leo. Okay. Which, um, I I keep thinking back to the Bacon where I got that Star Saber and there was a loose Victory Leo for sale, but it was missing either one of the shoulder cannons or the V-Lock cannon. I knew like one or the other was going to drive me nuts forever, so I, yeah. I I ended up skipping on it. Well, the I got 
I don't have good news, but I have potentially good news. Something I've noticed in light of HasLab Victory Saber coming out, people are buying a lot of Star Sabers and Victory Leos. And there are a lot of people piecing them together off of aftermarket stuff. Like more, Maybe it's just in my circles, but I was like, how many people are tracking down the vintage version of this all of a sudden? Maybe it's because this is on people's minds or something like that, but there may be more of that stuff floating around right now. Um, maybe it's just because it's on the consciousness, but uh, if, if you are on the lookout, it, it might be worth hitting up some of the haunts to see if anything fresh has popped up. Um, but I, I'm also curious if anyone listening has the original. I'm curious about the combined starship mode on the original and like if, if, if it's as satisfying as this, because boy, howdy. This is super satisfying. Uh, and and not not to say that, you know, the combined robot mode is not good. It's also really cool. But I kind of think that the combined spaceship mode outshines it a little bit, oddly enough. Uh, but uh, that, that does bring us to that combined robot mode. So the, the combination gimmick. Uh, I think it's really darn good. Um, I, I, I really like the, uh, the multiple interlocks, again, involved with all three pieces. Right down to the backpack having, like... It, it pegs on, but the peg has a clip on it, and it's like a big, wide one. Um, and it, it's kind of soft, but it makes it nicer to try to remove, on mine at least. Uh, the boots just, they do not fall. There's no way those things fall yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, not even for the backpack, then the black pieces that come forward as well, that hold the cannons over the shoulders as another yes. contact point. Not that it necessarily does anything, but it helps for making it all seem <laughs> like it's like it's like it's a backpack, like it's something that he's put on rather than just yeah. it goes in a peg hole in his back. It's it makes it feel more integrated. It's harnessed. Um, yeah, it's really satisfying. Again, the word is satisfying, and I think that comes with that whole mainline style aesthetic. Is like it, it's just it's satisfying to mess with, and I. I I love that aspect of these things where where it is high end satisfying hand feel type stuff. Uh this is really cool. Um and uh, yeah, the V-lock cannon has like this weird fold out bit with a weird soft clip to clip on the inside of Star Saber's elbow if you want to have his arm stock straight holding it. Uh again, you maybe had to watch a video to know about that cuz I don't think that again, those instructions uh are trying to do a lot of things. Um, and then you go watch a video instead. Uh, but, uh, the, the, the V law cannon, uh, the, the, there is a weird thing that happens here. I find where the shoulder pylons I talked about before, they don't move outwards at all. They start bumping into the backpack when you try to make them point the cannon forward. And it's really <laughs> a little complex. You're kind of having to dance parts around. I find, um, if you wanted to point the thing straight forward, uh, I found a few solutions using those accordion joints on the inside of the shoulders because they change the forward access uh, axis of those shoulder pylons. But um, yeah, uh, combined victory saber robot mode. Um, once again, because this is this is sort of uh, this is the full circle moment. TJ, how are you feeling about uh, this victory saber bot mode? So, as someone who really does prefer star saber to victory saber. Um, I'm actually surprisingly happy with how the whole thing does come together. Uh, this is the part where I'm actually not 
upset at all that there is some hollowing on Victory Leo because I really feel like this thing would be way too cumbersome and awkward if those parts were too heavy. So I, I'm he feels good when he's together. Like um um like my I think my only quibble is the fact that like I really wish that the shoulder cannons could flip all the way down and be like parallel to the head. Yeah. That's like, but this, that's like a, this the most minor of, of like complaints over the overall design. Um, yeah, like I'm, I'm like, I'm right now I've got him with like shield and V lock cannon. Like he, you know, like he's a Gundam because he, yeah, <laughs> somewhere in his DNA, he is. Yeah. But no, the whole package looks awesome. Like, and I, I love how much. I, I, I like I like how cool it looks without really sacrificing the articulation level. Yeah, like it's it, um, he can still wield a sword in that mode, which is cool to to see. Like, it, uh, I, I always like the vibe of like the fully combined super toyetic like like you know Sentai Brave final mode, getting to pose with a sword. Like whenever you finally get like the you know the action figure version and you can actually see it. Uh, but on like a fully transforming one, it's it's uh, it's also modern too. It's very satisfying. Um, uh, this is also reminding me because I don't know why I didn't call this out before. Little thing, I also really like the Victory Leo. There's a little black tab on the back of the elbow so that those folded up curled arms have like at least the implication of locking onto the wings. Uh, uh-huh. Little touches like that. Um, Aaron, how are you feeling about the combined Victory Saber uh, bot mode? Uh, he's how I have him displayed. It's why I was confused with your concern about the, uh, the stand, because it's how I have him displayed in kind of like the boosting up to shoot type of, of pose on that, uh, mm-hmm. on that self-stand display. But yeah, he's got, I, I think it's a thing where he's got the right, like, superhero proportions when he's all combined. That the... the that the mm-hmm. boot heel lifts give it the right look altogether. Where I think as as Star Saber, he's maybe a little bit short as the like. I mean, it's definitely the mode that it was designed for for everything. Um, but it, it's just a thing that like really feels like it brings it together. Yeah. Yeah, like it's a it's it's an aesthetic thing that I think has been talked about for decades. Really, is like just the whole you know, are his legs too long or his arms too short? Whatever. I actually really like. I, I think it works in both modes because as Star Saber, he looks a little bit more like a contemporary Transformer as far as like just being like a kind of stocky guy who's very bulky, and then he gets very long legs anime in Victory Saber mode. And this toy, I think, rides a good line between the two. Um because I think I've, I've seen every now and then chatter of, like, should there be, like, ex- little extending bits on some of the limbs? And I I think that comes from a good place, but I I think they would just end up messing with the vibe in a weird way on, on one of these things. Like, trying to have the, uh, you know, the the arms get a bit longer, for instance. I, I think it wouldn't it wouldn't look quite right. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just messing with it. Here's the thing about this toy. I can't talk about this toy in a mode without starting to mess with it and untransform it again. Uh, and I think the victory saber is sort of like the part to really, to really talk, like restate that this is an, in my opinion, an incredibly fun package of transformer to just play around with. 
and and you know flip mode to mode. Um, and I felt the same way about Unicron. And I think Victory Saber is a an even better realization of that notion for the Haslab Transformers of because they're not going for the masterpiece vibe, they're also just kind of fun to play with. Like I streamed Star Saber, Victory Saber for like like three hours, and then after I finally finished the stream, I messed around with them for another hour and a half just by myself, <laughs> like putting them through the modes again. Uh it's it's really fun. Uh, I find to 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 go through the play pattern, as you might call it. Um, but uh, yeah, with Victory Saber, like I guess, really the only thing is, and I don't know how you would have done it. And this is that's the kind of qualm this is. I kind of wish there were dedicated lower ankle tilts with just one click, but I don't know how that would have worked. So I you know I, I I'd have nothing to offer. I just it would have been cool if that could have been pulled off. Because uh, obviously it's mostly using a combination of sculpted in a in an askew stance and the star saber ankles, and it makes the star saber ankles look kind of funky from certain angles because it's like a really high ankle basically. Um, and it's like that's fine; it doesn't really matter. But it would have been cool if like there could have been like a slightly lower one somehow. I would have I wouldn't want that over at more outward shoulder motion though. The outward shoulder motion is really my only major major on the toy qualm that. Like, I would love to see a, a third-party solution for somehow, but I genuinely can't fathom how you'd do it. <laughs> if they couldn't fit it in with the current set of ratchet joints, maybe it just doesn't fit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I am into this whole package. I feel really good about it. It's so <laughs> just fun. Uh, anything else about Victory Saber that you guys feel has been unsaid so far that are not the instructions? Maybe I'm foreshadowing. Uh... So I want to I want to leave the floor open before I I talk about paper. Or shall we? Okay, let's talk about paper. Yeah, 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 yeah Talk about your paper. What the hell is going on with so <laughs> so Unicron gets a booklet? Production wise, the booklet's great. Unicron's booklet also has this critical flaw of being based entirely around the toy being packaged in a way it was not to the point of threatening a break if you don't figure out the little flap that was in and not out, basically. Uh, and it, it, it's a really, really big oversight on those instructions that bugs me a lot because of the nature of them being a booklet and it's the, the highest end, you know, the first HasLab piece, blah, blah, blah. So I get Victory Saber, and it's just a giant sheet. Now, it's printed on color, which is very nice. It's a giant sheet. And I have this problem with Masterpiece as well. On a high-end piece like this, it should not be a giant sheet. My giant sheet ripped while I was unfolding it because oh. it is folded so many times. <laughs> like, yeah, unfolding it, I... eventually there was a kink, and I didn't notice it until there was a little... And I was like, oh, damn. It's not a huge rip, but it bugs me, you know? <laughs> Aaron, you are saying something? Yeah, I, I really liked that it. it was for color. That is that is definitely helpful. But yeah, I really because that was my thing. Is I had it. I had that sheet like propped up on a chair, vertically, in order and like using the the creases in it to kind of stand it. And it stood one way better than the other way because of the ways the folds were. Really should have been like cut that thing in thirds, put a staple in the middle of it, make a little booklet doesn't have to be anything massive you know just like six sheets of eight and a half by 11 stapled in the middle like 
nothing terribly difficult to do in any way, shape, or form, and then make something so that you can have this at a table and have the instruction booklet at the table and not have... Yeah. Yeah. And and unfortunately, Unicron coming with a booklet establishes a precedent that made this really disappointing, too. Uh, I was expecting a booklet, to be honest. I was kind of actually taken aback that it was a sheet. Because I, like, I was like, but you all did a booklet on the last one. What happened here? Uh, and then this is not the end, though. So it's a sheet. The pictures are freaking tiny. Uh, did either of you find the pictures for how to attach the shield to Victory Saber's back useful in any way, shape, or form? No. It kind of sits there sideways behind his butt. I so, don't even so think how? I noticed that part of the instructions. So there is a designed way that the, the shield can actually hard tab and slightly click onto the back of uh, Victory Saber's butt flap. The instructions possibly make it worse than if it wasn't there at all. Trying to explain how it works. Um, I had to go into Evan, uh, designer Evan's video and kind of watch and then also rewatch and frame by frame because he got a little bit hands in the way during that part. And I eventually figured out how it works. I don't know how to verbally describe it. I just have to show someone sometime and then film it or something. But, uh, that's another thing. And then I allude to this. Also, there are entire parts of the toy. There's a giant instruction sheet and yet... There are parts of functionality not in that instruction sheet, uh, among which the the dual-layer accordioning shoulder joints, a fully designed aspect of the toy that is critical to, in, to getting the full experience out of its robot mode, are left out entirely. I looked twice. If I missed them, I missed them, I guess. But they're not there. Uh, that is a massive problem, in my opinion. Um... So, uh, unfortunately, once again, and I think it's justified on a, a made-to-order piece like this with backer updates, even though we don't get as many of them as we, we should be getting, um, nonetheless, uh, these instructions don't cut it whatsoever. This, it's, it's a really bad look. And uh, the, it's, it's also a bad look that the only official video to go to is a designer doing their best to just share the toy in its test shot state like six months ago and that's it uh it's a super bad look in my opinion um and it that needs to change uh it's probably not going to change on desaurus i don't expect but that it really needs it, it is it not important in the big picture to a lot of folks maybe but i i don't like that look on these things a lot of people have laid into the packaging uh, of victory saber and i agree with a lot of that but I think if you're going to lay into the packaging for not being high-end, you you really got to get behind me on these instructions. Because uh, this is a big problem, in my opinion. Um, and I, I, it, <laughs> Unicrons are ostensibly maybe worse um, for, for, for potentially causing a toy break. Uh, but the Victory Saber instructions are just not good. Um, they are very well made, and it makes it worse. The parts that don't work for me. Um, so I've had that on my chest for a bit. I'm, I wanted to share that too, just in case, cause I'll, I'll stop about the packaging in a sec, but yeah, like Aaron, it's become like a gag, but also like <laughs> parts yeah. of these instructions I are mean, functionally useless. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's even like the other thing that I noticed was like, even just 
Like, there's a way that they could have done giant piece of paper with the folding and the layout of the instructions so that, like, as you go down it, you, like, unfold it. But as memory serves, it's, like, part of this one's is vertical in this area, part of this one's is horizontal in this area, and it, like, wasn't a thing that lined up well to even, like, kind of flip your way down it. I, uh, oh, I, I've I've folded them back up. And then tried again, and then tried again. There is no way to fold them back up that feels right, in my opinion. At least on mine, it always well, yeah, feels like I'm folding ri- something wrong. Because you ripped yours in half and half and chewed on them. That's what you said before, right? In- indeed, but no. I, um, the the actual rip spots on the bottom near the center on one of those many pre scored folds. Uh, but I just it doesn't. Feel, and it's like it's like it's the mainline part where I'm like this doesn't need to be here as a, as a part of the mainline experience. The instructions being folded so many times that they have the density of a brick. They don't. They don't. Now that's hyperbole. But like, I, I'm just not happy about the instructions. Um, okay. TJ, does this I enter mean, into your experience at all here? <laughs> to be fair, what do we keep saying? It feels like a resale toy. <laughs> yeah, this uh-huh. is just completing the yeah. experience. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and you know what? Honestly, I, I would like that fixed on the main line in general. So you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, honestly, like I wish the instructions were better. I wish they would go to a lot more digital. Like, here's how to do it. Instructions, but it doesn't get to me like that. You know, mo- most yeah, of the time, I- most of the time, I'm trying to transform the toy myself, and I only refer to the instructions, and I cannot figure it out. Now, granted. This was a hundred and eighty dollar figure. I absolutely consulted the instructions. Yeah, but like it, that's it was, why it I'm was also, not so like. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's also so why I'm harsher testing. on it. It's why I'm harsher on it in this case because I'm like I'm like this is a toy that if if the opportunity to get replacement parts exists, it's going to be like on the fifth one of these, not this one. So there's just an added with Unicron. I think it was more scary because Unicron is just such a experience of a piece that is not there is no parallel for it so you can't even get into a comfort zone with it the way you can with uh with victory saber um and then to 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 end on the other cartoonish yelling thing i am let down by the packaging because the packaging is really nice and then the plastic shells are not and it's and everything that doesn't work about the packaging is in line with the green initiative that they are doing but there still are plastic bubble pieces in here. So either do it all or don't do it. So either either fasten the pieces with ties to a sheet of cardboard or clamshell these bubbles because you can't repack him into the box. And that bums me out yeah. a lot. And especially because the box uh, sleeve is reversible. So it's like everything about the box feels like it was designed with clamshell packaging in mind. And like... If this was green initiative, there would be no plastic in there. This is like a half step version. And so I'm sitting here just going like, is this going to be like the toy that has third party trade? Like, are they going to hit up game trays from the board game industry and go like, can you make some add on (laughs) trays here so I can like repackage the toy? (laughs) Because it's a, it's a shame. It's a little thing. Again, it's unimportant to the, to the version where you're putting them on a shelf, but so much of the package exists in such a nice way that I'm like, this is a letdown to me. And this is this is a letdown on, on the icing of the cake. But on a HasLab piece, I want the icing to be good. I will let the icing go in a lot of other cases. On something like this, ooh, on Unicron I'll let this go because he is a logistics nightmare to ship. 
so absolutely, that package needs to be disposable. But um, on Victory Saber, I was, I was bummed out. I, I kind of hope, I have a hope that maybe this is something that won't be happening with Deathsaurus, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't like hold my breath on him being resealable, but I would say he probably will have a really nice reversible package still. Um, that's, then that's absolutely a me thing. I just, I, I don't want to create more landfill waste, but it's like, just make a top shell for these, for the bubbles so I can reclam shell them in there and just kind of like maybe choose to have them on display in the box now. And then it'd be kind of cool. Um, so that's, that's my whole, my whole victory saver thing. I got the cartoony part out of the way there. I even tapped him with a pen. So I did the joke. Uh, anything else on victory saver you all wanted to, to hit up? Um, obviously Aaron, it sounds like this, this is putting Deathsaurus on your radar, at least as a, as an, you know, an immediate aftermarket type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, probably when it comes out, there'll be somebody out there that is suddenly going through some regret that maybe I can, I can snag or if somebody put two on order with hopes of finding some dupe to, uh, sell to, Hey, right here we go. <laughs> and, uh, TJ, how about you? Are you, are you, did this basically activate you on death source mode or were you already kind of there? Um, I, I mean, I, I, I triggered death source day one. It's like you True. give me big characters from victory, like that's an instant on <laughs> button. Yeah, I mean that. That's the other big character to do, right? Um, and and I I have hopes for Desaurus. I think he'll turn out great. I mean, there's no reason for me not to think he will. They they've gotten very good at filling out the meat on a on a big Haslab toy without being Unicron big. Now um, Desaurus doesn't have to worry about a combination gimmick, so. I, I kind of expect he'll just be a big meaty fun toy with little boobs that pop out, and that's all I want. That's all that he really needs to be. Um, that, it's exciting. I I also think uh, so far I feel like Haslab really best serves Transformers. Having seen so many other projects go through it now, I feel like Transformers reaps the most benefits from the Haslab model because all the other versions of Haslab tend to just be like, like for Marvel legends, it's like, we're going to make a 24 inch tall Marvel legend. It's still a Marvel legend, <laughs> you know, uh, figuring out how to make the joint systems work is a big part of it, but otherwise it's a Marvel legend with electronics often just baked in and a bunch of head swaps. Transformers get to get to play in a, in a more granular sandbox. It feels like, um, G.I. Joe kind of does, too, because it's vehicles, but still. It just feels like Transformers are the exciting version of HasLab, and I I feel a little bad for the other folks who are trying to get their own HasLab uh, stuff happening. The, I think the Proton Pack was pretty good. The prop replica side is really cool. I, the yeah. Proton Pack is almost like... It's almost like a freak occurrence, right? Like, it's a different thing. Uh, yeah. But, um... Yeah. No, it's, it's, I had something else on my mind about this, but not for what it was. I'll figure it out. I'll remember it. I'll yell it. Um, but yeah, uh, this was this was pretty darn cool. Uh, I hope I hope by the way, if you are listening and you have your own victory saber, you're having a good time and you had good luck with it, um, and maybe learned a thing or two that you didn't see in the instructions uh, that are that are fun. If you're in the EU and you're in Zavi Hell, I feel really awful for you. Uh, I'm trying to signal boost Nick Roche as much as I can because he seems to be yelling from the loudest platform available uh, and. I hope you guys can get at least an answer about this, because that's the part that's really... As someone not even affected, that's the part that's driving me nuts, is, like, just at least say what happened. You know? Don't send this form letter out. Um, and, uh, yeah. Uh, we will... Uh, 
we will reconvene when Aaron gets a secondhand Deathsaurus. Uh, oh, that was the thing I was going to mention with Deathsaurus. I learned this third hand. Maybe this is wrong, but I, I saw this a lot in a lot of places. On Deathsaurus, uh, the shipping was a baked-in per-unit cost. So if you ordered two Deathsauruses, you paid shipping twice. Um, so uh, bear that in mind when you do go looking for ones on the aftermarket. Nobody is saving shipping by selling you their second Deathsaurus is something that I've learned. Uh, which kind of surprised me. But it's also, the, you know, the state of logistics right now. Um, anyway, all that said, uh, do we want to talk about any other recent Transformers gets, or do you all want to hit this last listener question? Uh, uh, not really. Let's hit this last listener question. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we, we gushed we, a lot. We, we went very long yeah. on, uh, on one robot, pair of robots. I was I was really thinking it would be good to just once we all three had him, let's just go whole hog on Victory Saber. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and we did. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that, that's, S- it says a lot when when I'm tired of talking about Star Saber. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're gonna close up with a listener question from Carito, who has a, a double listener question for us. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm uh, I'm back again with. One what was supposed to be one question until it became a second, uh, a two-parter question thing. So uh, uh, two, a two-parter for We Find Gentlemen. Uh, quote, so due to the class bracket I'm on and my severely damaged by ADHD brain, I've never kept a toy collection for too long. I always end up selling most of my toys I've collected during my 15-ish toy collector run down the line when they've collected enough dust to protect them from the sun, which helps me prevent the size of my collection from getting out of control, but also has the sad effect of making me miss some of my toys. Like right now, I'm sitting looking at Prime Toys on Facebook Marketplace. Now, you've received several questions about toy sales that you regret, but I think I've come up with a better proposition. See, you rescue the you've rest you just rescued the unlucky leprechaun trapped in your chips bag and as a reward he offers you a deal a new sealed in box copy of every toy you've ever owned that you either purchase yourself new or used received as a gift or gifted yourself with the sticky fingers reward card in exchange he will take away every toy that you currently own every new toy you receive would be of standard quality and you cannot sell the new toys until you've owned them for half the time you owned the first ones do you take the deal um, and there's a little bit of, of spiel after this, but I don't want to, I don't want to, I want us to be as, as on, on the mark here. So this is basically Leprechaun says, I will, I will freshen, I will refresh, copy, copy, paste, refresh everything. Not only that you currently own everything you've ever owned, but I'm taking all the copies you currently own. Um, I would do it. I, I think there are downsides, but I would do it myself because I could probably talk myself out of buying new toys for like two years by just slowly reopening everything over again, retweaking all of the little quality control things. I learned how to retweak, maybe doing it better this time around on some of the stuff from like 2013, 2012. Uh, I I would, I would totally, I get to refilm some of the packaging. I forgot to film. Maybe, uh, the only downside is I don't know where I would put any of it. So I would need to probably, rent an $800 storage unit for about a month at least uh well no because you can't get rid of it no no i'm not getting rid of it Just storing it you cannot sell the new toys until you've owned them for half the time so you'd have you'd be more than a month yeah yeah but no i mean to strip the packaging down and thus compress because okay. in package they're going to take up exponentially more space right okay um so i would You're be already loopholing it well, I would be shredding the packaging. No, cool. 
I'd be shredding the packaging but keeping the toys. I, but there, I there's nothing that says it has to say mint in box, yeah. though. Yeah. Exactly. You have to go through the mechanical process of re-shredding all the packaging. Damn, I would actually be into this. Because if, if we emptied out everywhere where my toys currently exist, I could populate that with a lot of the packaging. But also then, re knowing what I know now, refile everything in a more efficient way. Oh, I'm really into this now. Okay, yeah. Do I, you do you have? Okay, here I'm going to play the other side of this question though. Do you have any toys where their value is more the sentiment than the actual toy? There's the big one, hundred percent. Because like, yeah, That's yeah, gone you, now. You just get one in a brand new box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of toys I own that I would not like. You can give me like like I've got a G1 Ramjet that my grandmother got me. And I, I, I could get one that has both of its tail fins. I could get one that's minty white. I don't want it. I want this one. So I I would feel this loss, but as long as you don't wipe my brain of the memories, I would be all right with this as a give and take. This is partly because at least two of my G1 toys have been Ship of theseus to the point where I don't think any of their original parts are still present. Uh... And I still have memories of them related to when I got the original versions of who, which was physically potentially barely exist now. So I crossed that Rubicon once. Although yes, that's but you won't even have you won't even have the the ship of Theseus one anymore. Yeah, I'll have the memory of it though. As long as I get to keep the memory. This this leprechaun now, did not say that I'm getting mind wiped. Now here's here's the other dilemma. Here's the other dilemma. When this leprechaun snaps his fingers, what happens? That's because that I'll, I'll, t- of... I'll tell you right now. Yeah. I'll tell you right now. I've sold more toys than I currently own, and the toys I own right now would in box would probably fill the majority of my house. This is why I'm saying this comes with the caveat I'd need to spend probably several thousand yeah. dollars on more storage unit space. Uh to house a lot of this until the package is like, like it all instantly fills up your apartment and you die. <laughs> Just <laughs> tell the, the leprechaun. Can, can you're, <laughs> you're, you're unable to move from the bat from your bedroom where you said, "Yeah, I'll take that deal." You shake his hand and then all of a sudden you're jammed into a corner underneath. Uh, uh, what was that? The Metal Gear uh, was that Rex? That was the giant box that you were using for. Oh yeah, yeah. For he's, he's suffocating yeah. underneath yeah. like all the diecast figures over the years. Yeah. There is a there is an element to this where my answer there is a, an asterisk next to my answer an asterisk very important one which is I need to know what this leprechaun looks like and sounds like. <laughs> when this offer is being given does to this, me. Does this sound like a shady leprechaun? Is this leprechaun maybe have blood dripping out of his mouth or something? Does he look like the one from the horror movies or does he look like the Lucky Charms one? That doesn't mean I trust the Lucky Charms one. But it's still, it's data. There is data here that I, that like would color my answer that, that we don't have. Um, obviously, if this leprechaun is literally like, you know rubbing his hands and drooling and staring at me like food while saying this, I'm probably going to say, you know what? I do, I no, do see, not trust he's, you. He's a truly evil leprechaun because he doesn't give you any clues. He's like, oh, you're a toy collector. Wouldn't it be nice to have all of your toys back? Like, wouldn't I'm, that be great? I'll take, I'll take all of these busted ones, give you the opportunity to have them brand new again. I, I'm saying, say, yeah, you sound nice and friendly. 
and then you shake the hand and then it's like no you you did a deal with the devil you let him in the house you told him your true name and now he owns your soul <laughs> and is going to claim it as you're crushed underneath a bunch of boxes full of die cast and while they're not like dense enough the problem is that there's just no space for you to move because they've all crushed themselves in the package yeah, I've been I've been Junji Itoed. While you, I've been Junji Itoed into a hole you, made just for me. <laughs> while you you slowly starve to death because you can't move at all. You know the the story of the guy that went caving, they got stuck upside down, and they had to leave him there. That's you. No, I, I so went... obviously my answer to this is no. I don't take the deal. The uh, the things that I have that are sentimental to me are of far more value than the things that I've lost. I wish I could have the mask toys that were lost over time back, but as those toys, not as the mold of the toy. <laughs> now, here, here's here's the other thing. And here's where I agree with you. Like, I, I have to be able to gauge if this leprechaun is on the level or not, because this could be the monkey paw situation. This could be the monkey paw situation where, like, okay, fine, you get all these brand new toys, mint in box and all that, and then two weeks later there's a knock on the door because someone reported a you know a fifteen thousand dollar toy collection went missing. Indeed, indeed. Now that then that's a genuine thing. Uh, and here's what I'm going to say to to the credit not of just me but of all of us as a society of enthusiasts who watch lots of nerdy things and and take in and remember lots of nerdy details. I think a lot of us, not all of us, but I think a lot of us are oddly enough equipped to gauge the situation of a hypothetically evil leprechaun offering potentially monkey paw curling wishes. Like, I, th- I think that we we have heard enough stories and we have created enough tropes to be able to, to look one of these characters in the eye if they actually existed and go like, I know all the bad ways this goes. I suspect you need me to say yes. And then you got to flip the situation and go like, what kind of trouble are you in anyway, Mr. Leprechaun? How did you end up in this chips bag? What, what what am I doing for you? You answer my questions. Also, that wasn't my name I gave you. And I'm going to just hazard a, just a quick one for me, from my data. Are you or are you not Rumpelstiltskin? And just see, like, if they have a physical reaction to the, the name Rumpelstiltskin or not. You know, just to, I think that a lot of us could flip the sitch on one of these kind of entities if they were to manifest in the real uh, and we would be the danger. Uh, that, that's, that's just me. <laughs> uh, just, just, just to, just to pen my answer. No, I'm not taking that deal. Like I, like there's a lot of, there's a bunch of toys I regret selling, but most of them, there's a reason I sold them off and I, I would be happy to not see them again, especially if I was stuck with them for potentially years or a decade or whatever. That's that's the fine print on the leprechaun version of this is that also all the toys are now sentient and aware of the fact that you got rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> These are the original toys. We've reconditioned them to mint in box and they're all out for vengeance. Yep, and then all the toys you already owned got reboxed and reconditioned, but now they're screaming from inside the boxes, "Why did you do this to me? Please let me back out. What did I do wrong?" <laughs> uh anyway, um that went that went places I was hoping it would go. So we'll go to question the dose. Uh, does the existence of Haslab, Unicron, or Star Saber make it more or less likely 
that uh, we will get retail toys of those two again. I ask because as someone who's currently only collecting Transformers when uh, they target my very specific Beast Wars Red Armada Prime nostalgia, I would be happy to finally drop 200 bucks out of wallet to experience one of the Titan-class figures I keep hearing so many good things about. Love, Diego from South, South America. So I think in the realm of current generations... These are supposed to be the definitive versions of them, and they will probably, like, Unicron and Star Saber are unlikely to happen in generations under our current uh, design team and schema. Uh, I don't think that means that they will never come out again. I think Unicron is highly unlikely to be anything but a convention piece, ever. Um, but I think there is a decent chance Star Saber comes out somewhere again. Um, maybe different and with the edges filed off a bit. But as I said, there is no language I'm aware of on any HasLab campaign that I've looked at that says this is a HasLab exclusive. Uh, and I think it's very key that that language doesn't exist. And I think it is by intent that that language doesn't exist. I don't think that means that it's imminently going to happen, but I, I think that... Yeah, well, I, I think they probably don't put that language on there because there's no need for them to do so. Because if they put it on there, it would be a draw. Like, wow, wow! You know the, you know the weird mega SCF colorations of a dark star saber. Like, it turns out there's a bunch of people that are screaming for that. But we said it that this mold would only be made this way, and now we're in a reserve list situation, um, or you know anything of that nature. When it's all them, all themselves, like. There's no reason not to just to keep those doors open, but I don't think that I I don't think that Unicron will get another release, at least that mold, unless it's in like five or six years. I could see Star Saber with the couple of things that have happened that we talked about at the beginning. Um, that yep, <laughs> that might get a more recent one, but it is very much a. It would require a lot of convincing on a lot of people to either find the factory time for it and find the like the right number for them to make as a make it good because unlike anything else HasLab, they don't have, you know, twenty two thousand five hundred and seventy three to make. They have some other number that may be based on whatever was supposed to be made and whatever was lost, but then it's like, well, like, now they may aim for, you know, whatever the economy of scale breakover point number is. Okay, make this many and then finish out the factory production block so that we're not wasting time in that or, or kicking something else off, you know, then it gets into mm -hmm. a lot more, a lot more things when it's like, you know, what's where, where? Where do we pick it out to to go? Yeah, the the only reason that I feel there's a little bit of intent behind some of that stuff is because, and this might also just be, and demonstrably, I think this is a potential thing that there's just a lack of awareness on the Hasbro end as to effective crowdfunding tactics. I've been pretty surprised that some of the stretch goals were never called out as Haslab exclusive. Like, even stuff like Fire and Holy, um, it feels like a gimme, um, because that kind of stuff is always a draw. It's not for good reasons, but it is always a draw to say, like, even if we put this out of retail again, the stand, you're only getting here. Or the or Holy and Fire, you're only getting here. 
um, because of the lack of language elsewhere in there. Because um, I think I think it is by intent they want to leave the door open to be able to hypothetically do some of these toys again somewhere down the road as a big feel good moment of like, hey, we're doing another run. Um, but I'm really surprised that they have never called anything Haslab exclusive. Um, just for the sake of like drumming up the interest in that side of things. Cause like you said, they don't, they don't want to reserve list themselves, but in the world of, of crowdfunding, you do want to create meaningless reserve lists of things like, um, UV embossing on a board game box, for instance. Um, you want to create those little meaningless reserve list things because those demonstrably somehow still work. <laughs> uh, but that, that that also just goes. I have there's a whole and I've done it before. There's so many things about the Haslab model that um, should be done better, either for us or also even just for the the folks we will never see who want Haslab to make them lots of money. There's there's lots of weird decisions about it that that are uh, on the table, and that's one of them to, to me. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think there's a like there's a chance they might do like a smaller Unicron sometime because I think Haslab Unicron is so unfeasible to do another run for, um, that there, there may be a, a call someday to do a smaller one, but yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like for victory, Leo, this is going to be the definitive for a while until we get into like alternate versions of a new show brings him up. Or if they want to do something mm. weird, like why would you do the IDW saber? But like, it's a, potential with with yeah. unicron i would almost say i would almost say this would make another release for unicron a little more likely because you've created this uh this fomo market that is now looking at those star those uh unicrons on ebay for 1800 dollars. you know and then like i'm i'm kind of in that boat of like this mm-hmm. is a ridiculously expensive thing. I'll probably never be able to afford now because I missed out on it the first time. And if they say, well, you know, we're going to do a like a Titan that's a little bit more expensive than normal. So like here's 250 and it's a smaller one, but it does things differently. You know, and then maybe like later on we'll remold it into the Armada version, something like that. Yeah. Or do it the other way or do it the other way. I could I would actually imagine them doing too. Like I could absolutely see like they've created a Unicron market by making one so expensive that there's a lot of people who would just love not only a second chance, but also a cheaper second chance because they couldn't afford it the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, I will restate it because I think this is really important right now. There is, I don't think any way they could do another run of HasLab Unicron in its current designed shipping form without taking either a massive loss or having to charge at least another 200 bucks to even accommodate the shipping logistics. Because shipping broke globally after he came out. So he's designed around a form of global logistics that don't exist anymore for hobby products like this, you know, like, or leisure products. So that, that's that's why he's a very special case to me. Is they, they could figure out maybe a way to package him where he's in pieces. <laughs> you like have to assemble him, uh, which I think would be actually really cool. I just don't think they'd probably ever do it. But I, I think that would be a reasonable approach. Um, but yeah, I think it's more likely that I think there, there's a chance in like the next decade we see a a smaller but nostalgia oriented Unicron, and absolutely for the reasons you said, like Armada is about to be twenty years old. So there's a there's room for an Armada Unicron um, push as well, uh, in those funky colors. Energon Unicron in the funkier colors. 
Um, anyway, thanks for the question, Carito. Uh, I think that that about brings us to a closure point on this episode. So, um, Aaron, TJ, thank you both for joining me and sharing in our, our lovely Victory Saber um, special talk. Uh, hope, hopefully um, people enjoyed it. Let us know. In the comments, if you enjoy... Anyway, all that stuff. Uh, we're going to keep podcasting. That's what we do. So uh, we will talk to you all later. Hope you are having... Uh, probably when you're hearing this, um, unless Army of Bees, like, self-desiccates into just brain nerves attached to a computer. Uh, hope you have a, a good start to your 2023. Knock on wood a lot. You have to do that now about New Year's. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll see you there. So uh, until then... Stay safe.